BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It is Thursday, July 18th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, Lior Galil, Chicago reader music writer, will join us. And it's the return of union man and pension guru, the one, the only, Jeff Johnson. And now your host, Chicago reader columnist and pension guru, oh. Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this No In The Walk Away. What's today? Thursday. Thursday. And here's... We're in for a hell of a show. What is today? <laughs> hey, man, big news. Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced five, count them, five, one, two, three, four, five potential sites for Chicago's gambling casino. All right, D? It happened yesterday. We were on the air, so, of course, we couldn't talk about it yesterday. Lori always breaks the news we're on the air because she's like, oh. Coincidence, I coincidence. think not. Ooh, I know. We'll break it when they're not paying attention. I'll sneak it by. Oh, you think you're slick, Lori Life. But anyway, yeah, by right. the way, it, it happened while Dennis was in the midst of tremendous pain. Leah, can we give a big shout out okay. to Dr. D? I mean, Please okay. Stop. All right. The man had root canal surgery yesterday, folks. He went to his favorite dentist, uh, Dr. Larry Curley and Moe. Oh, still going and, with that and, one, and huh? They, <laughs> they uh, you know, they, they stuck a stick of dynamite into his mouth, lit it, blew it up, and took out with a hammer and a chisel. <laughs> Wise guy. And uh, it's better than the dentist in Marathon, man. You ever see that movie, D? No. Okay. Millennial. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Okay. It came out in the 70s. Marathon, man. There was an evil dentist. He was a former, like, a Nazi concentration camp guy. Lawrence Olivier played him. I'm evil. Anyway, was your dentist was a sort of a combination of Larry Curley and Moe and uh, uh, the Dr. Olivier from that movie. But that, some, I think they used painkiller on you, didn't they, D? No? Uh, they just give me the Novocaine, shut That's it in my it. mouth. Man, he was so out of it yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. He's like, whoa. But you know what? Aaliyah, you know you know what they call him back in Alton? What do they call him? White lightning. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, there was ice in my <laughs> mouth. It's at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Folks who only listen to the beginning to listen to the end, yeah, they call him White Lightning back in uh, Alton, Illinois. And he lived up to that reputation yesterday by being tough as nails. Hey. Can we, talk, can we talk about casinos now or what? Oh, casinos. Sorry. Where was I? Oh, yes. Anyway, Lori, <laughs> Lori released her five casino sites. All right. So there's good news. Let's just break deal with the good news. Uh, the good news at the top of the 
bill right here. Good news. Uh, in the past, uh, Chicago uh, has not entertained the notion of a casino. The ad- attitude was organized crime elements in the city were so pervasive that Chicago couldn't have a casino because it would immediately be uh, taken over by the mob. Well, apparently, organized crime has been eradicated in the city of Chicago, D. I guess that means we only have disorganized crime. <laughs> so, uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'd be working at St. Easton. Anyway, and uh, so, so uh, funny. You know, they must have gotten rid of uh, organized organized crime because all of a sudden they passed uh, a law that enables us to have a casino and Lori Lightfoot has come up with five sites. So there we go. Organized crime has been defeated. They have a whole process. I don't know if you know this, Steve. They have a whole process by which uh, they will um, select a site in Chicago and there's rules governing this process. Okay. Mm -hmm. So rule number one, Mayor Lightfoot recommends five sites, which she did. We'll get into those sites a little later in the show. That's rule number one. Rule number two, a consultant hired by the Illinois Gaming Board will review those sites to see which one is better than the other and then uh, make some recommendations, write a a report, an advisory report. Rule number three, uh, the state board, uh, gaming board, will pick a site, select a site. And um, rule number four, and here's the kicker, The state board does not have to pick a site that was recommended by Lori Lightfoot. Okay. So So this all could be for nothing. (laughs) Thank you. So rule number five is the only rules that exist in Chicago is there are no rules. (laughs) (laughs) What a city. I'll tell you what. First, we conquered organized crime while we weren't paying attention. And now we have rules governing the selection, but the rules don't apply. It reminds me, dentist. Uh, Did I call you dentist? You called me dentist. (laughs) Hey, never heard that one before. Uh, back in Alton, they call him White Lightning, no. but over here they call him Dr. Dentist. Anyway, it reminds me, just Dennis, of the situation that occurred a couple of years ago. Mayor uh, Mayor Rahm uh, asked his police board to come up with three, count up three, one, two, three, recommendations for his police superintendent, and he, of course, picked nobody that was on the list. <laughs> uh, Mayor Rahm, what a character. I miss him so much, don't you? So, now. Let me tell you another rule about Chicago, everybody. Ricky Hennon, good friend Ricky Hennon, uh, who comes on this show quite frequently, a former alderman, former state senator, big-time political operator in the city of Chicago. He's also a host of a Saturday radio show and a station. I can't remember the name of the station right now, but it is a station in the city of Chicago. Oh, WCU Later, Ben Jarofsky? Yes, that's that station. Ricky likes to say that there are the meetings before the meetings, and then there are the meetings before the meetings before the meetings. Uh, implying that there's always something secret going on. Well, apparently, in the city of Chicago, when it comes to police superintendents and gambling casino sites, there are lists beyond the lists. And my bet, as long as we're talking about casinos, my bet, D, is that the ultimate site selected for a casino in the city of Chicago is not on Mayor Lightfoot's list. We got a great show today, everybody. The Orgalia will be here. Yeah. You know, most people say... <laughs> most people... Gambling. <laughs> Coming soon, baby. <laughs> most people say that before you eat your cake, you have to eat your vegetables, okay? So, the uh, Galil knows everything about Pitchfork. And vegetables. And vegetables and festivals and music, something I know very little about. I'm into, like, real substantive issues of politics, all right? What's Donald Trump doing to the country? Huge nerd. All right, yeah. But today, so today, I'm going to force to eat my chocolate cake, all right? We're going to talk <laughs> about festivals. 
So take your paper out, your pencils, and take notes, and who's playing where, and let's see if I've heard of any of the bands, which I'm sure I haven't, except for, I don't know if you know this, D. What? The Isley Brothers are coming oh, to pitch for. You know the Isley One Brothers. One band out of the whole group. Uh, there's always like the geezer band. Uh, let's get a band that Ben's heard of. Well, the Isley. I love the Isley Brothers, all right? So you're going to Pitchfork. No, I saw the Isley Brothers. They they like they have they have two separate festivals. D, let me explain to you how this works. There's the Young People Festival, which is where the Isley Brothers appeared for Pitchfork. So Z's and millennials get together. And go, oh my God, uh, my grandfather told me about the Isley Brothers. And then there's like the Old People Festival, where it's Taste of Chicago, the last uh, the Sunday of Taste of Chicago, where they put up they gather all the old people in Chicago, like myself. Uh, and we get to watch the Isley Brothers and the OJs, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. So I will not be watching the Isley Brothers at Pitchfork. But oh, I'll, man. I know, but I'm looking for You know, Lior, I may throw a political question at Lior, you know, because he's he can handle politics. Anyway, speaking of politics, Jeff Johnson, the man, the myth, the legend, knows absolutely everything about pensions, Chicago politics, state politics. I'll throw some national politics at him. We may have a mystery guest in the 2.30 hour as well. So a lot of political talk on this show. But before we do any of that, the doctor feeling stronger than ever ah. as the drugs wear off. Mm. Thanks to one more time, a shout out to Dr. Larry Curly and Mo. Those aren't my doctors. <laughs> Dr. Salee. He's a nice man. Come on. Uh, hold on. Let me get that uh, chisel out. <laughs> anyway, Dr. D with the news. All right, everybody. It's the middle of the day. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm feeling better. Time to unpack the national news happening this afternoon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and if you didn't already know, a lot of today's national news, pretty ugly. Yeah. So, what do you say we start with some good news? Okay. Yeah, sound good, right? Did Donald Trump resign while I wasn't paying no, attention? No, no, no. House Democrats, though, have passed a $15 minimum wage bill. Oh. Pretty cool, right? That is very cool. The House passed a bill along party lines to raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, marking a victory for Democratic leaders. So that's about it for the uh, exciting soft news. Now, the immediate hard landing. Here we yeah. go. Donald Trump had another one of his stupid rallies wow. Wednesday night. Yeah. This one was in North Carolina. Mm. And, of course, the focus of his speech was the squad. Mm. The four progressive uh, Democratic congresswomen that we've heard in the news as of late. Uh, who was told by our president, by the way, in a series of tweets earlier this week to go back to where they came from. And in case you were wondering how Trump supporters were feeling about all this, well, breaking news, these people will follow Donald Trump off of a cliff. Oh, man. They've already done that. Good Lord. Anytime. Yeah. Because when he put the focus on Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar. Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. Yeah, sorry. Uh, vicious anti-Semitic screeds at uh, Donald Trump. That's part of his overall political strategy uh, to try to somehow uh, get Jewish voters uh, not to vote for the Democratic candidate in 2020, particularly important in swing states like Florida, uh, Pennsylvania, of course, or in the Philadelphia area. Uh, Donald Trump is no fool. We discussed that yesterday. Uh, he may act like an ass, but he's no fool. He knows what he's doing and he's stirring up hate and he's up to no good. And uh, so that's what it's all about. And, you know, uh, D, I wish there was somebody in the Republican Party who had the guts to stand up to him because it's one thing for me or people like me who are 
Democrats basically uh, to to denounce Trump. But I am looking for someone, anyone in the Republican Party who will say this is there's just something hateful and ugly and nasty and damaging to our country to have a a, a coliseum filled of people sending uh, send her back. It's like what what did they say about Hillary? Lock her up. They always Mm -hmm. they, they pick a woman, a prominent woman in the news and they make target her as the evil person. It's almost like the scapegoat they want to destroy. So I'm looking for anyone uh, in the Republican Party will have the guts to stand up to Donald Trump. And so far, they've been far and few. All right. So here we are now on Thursday dealing with the consequences. It's 2016 all over again. Senior Washington Democrats are now concerned with Omar's safety and calling for authorities to evaluate uh, evaluate security for the congresswoman. Representative Peter Welch, a Democratic congressman from Vermont, issued a statement on Thursday saying he had, quote, come to the conclusion that the president should be impeached. So add another to the list there. And civil rights leader Jesse Jackson tweeted today that what happened at last night's Trump rally is life-threatening and against equal employment opportunity commission workplace regulations all right well again these are democrats jesse jackson of course jesse lewis jackson right here in the city of chicago is a democrat ran for president as a democrat in 84 and 88 i'm looking for republicans to stand up sc cup we'll get into this a little later a columnist uh conservative columnist wrote a great column in today's in today's bright one here it is Everybody see? Please Get a look one. at that, downloaders. All right, downloaders, look at that. SC Cup, got to give her a shout out. Because unlike a lot of conservative columnists who play like the, you know, uh, they do a two game, you know, they can't b- bring themselves to criticize a Republican without also mentioning a Democrat. Certain columnists here in the city of Chicago do that all the time. Uh, she just is goes after trump she has a lot of guts too bad there's not more republicans like se cup with the guts to tell it like it is uh, donald trump is stirring up hate uh and fear to uh, win re-election now i do have republican responses to this i also have alan omar's response back to the president but i feel like the following group of people have been severely pushed out of the political spotlight this week so i'm going to read their responses first all right hey Come on, everybody. Let's hear it for our 2020 Democratic presidential candidates. Yeah, we have not heard from them. Yeah. Our 2020 Democratic POTUS Mm. hopefuls have weighed in on Twitter. Now there's like 50 of them, so I'm only going to read a few, all right? I only have a few minutes here. So first up, it's candidate and Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, She put on Twitter, it's vile. It's cowardly. It's xenophobic. It's racist. It defies the office of the president, and I won't share it here. It's time to get Trump out of office and unite the country. Mm. Well, I, again, she's a Democrat. I agree 100% with what she's saying, uh, but I want to hear it from the Republicans as well. But anyway, yeah. It's coming. D- okay, all right. Got it Whoa, in the news it's coming. coming, all right. But first, yeah, Mr. But... $27 himself weighed in. Bernie. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie said Trump knows that when we stand together and fight for racial, social, economic and environmental justice we have the power to defeat him so the demagogue is doing what he knows best divide and conquer through hate yeah i don't know if uh, bernie says that uh, trump knows i don't know if trump knows that i think trump believes that hate will conquer love that's the prevailing political philosophy that governs donald john trump it got him elected president in 2016 well that in russian interference that in our crazy electoral college uh, situation we have in this country where we can lose the election and still get to be president how about that folks huh what basketball game is governed that way d where you get to lose the the game and still be the winner huh well anyway donald john trump uh so i think donald john trump thinks that hate will conquer love and i don't think he knows what bernie said 
Here's Grandpa Joe, Joe Biden. He went on Twitter. He put, so, Mr. President, I am here to tell you this. This is our country, all caps, our country, the United States of America. You'll never understand what makes us strong, and that's why the American people are going to vote you out of the office next year. I hope he's right in that second part, and he will. I agree with uh, uh, Grandpa Joe. Donald Trump does not understand what makes America strong. He's been against uh, tolerance uh, in an integration his whole life. And he's uh, triumphed, by the way, by being a bigot. And uh, here he is, he's president of the United States, so it's done well by playing that game. So uh, he has only been rewarded for his foulness and his misdeeds. We'll see if this time around he gets punished. And finally, Ilan Omar herself, she recently fired back at the president and his rabid supporters saying, quote, I am here where I belong at the people's house, and you're just going to have to deal. And another tweet, she said... Um, Oh, no, that's it. That's it. Yes. Yeah, I'm where I belong, and you're going to have to deal. So as far as the Republicans, here we go, Ben. All right, here we go. Here Let's we go. go. Profiles right. and courage coming up. And you know, since the 2016 mm-hmm. election, a lot of conservative politicians have grown to really like that giant, ugly mole on their face, also known as Donald Trump. So while they let it be known that they are indeed not fans of these uh, cinder back chants, which were initiated by the president himself, they still got to back their boy, all right? Take Tennessee Republican Representative Tom Burchett, for example. Burchett said, quote, is the president a racist or not? I don't think he is. I wouldn't have chosen those words. They're hurtful, but you know what? Dad gummit. My grandma says that. He, he didn't say he that. He said dad gummit. Wait, time out. Is this in a tweet? <laughs> yeah, it's He in said a tweet. dad gummit in yeah, a tweet? Yeah, yeah. I thought you only had like 140. You know, I yeah, haven't I been moved up. You have more than 140 now. <laughs> well, you know, no one told him I didn't see the memo. I wouldn't have chosen those words. They're hurtful. But you know what, Dead Gummit? We're in Congress. Grow up. It's tough. Life is tough. Just take it and go. Wow. So it's just supposed to tolerate racism? That's the message <laughs> yeah. the Republican Party is sending out? Come on. Be a man. Here's, Republi- okay. here's Republican House Rep Mark Walker. Oh, okay. What do you have to say? Though it was brief, I struggled with the send her back chant tonight referencing... Uh, Representative Omar, her history, words, and actions reveal her great disdain for both America and Israel. That should be our focus and not phrasing that's painful to our friends in the minority communities. Okay, this the SE Cup deals with this, where you, you try to distinguish uh, one part of the hate from the other part of the hate by blaming the person that you're hating. So I don't really, that, that's, come on. Take a stand, all right? Denounce the hate. All right, we got one more quote. I think this may be what you're looking for. I don't know. Finally, our homeboy, and by that I only mean he's from Illinois. It's Illinois Republican Representative Adam Kinzinger. All right, what does Kinzinger have to say? He said, I deeply disagree with the extreme left and have been disgusted by their tone. But I woke up today equally disgusted. Chants like send her back are ugly, wrong. It would send chills down the spines of our founding fathers. This ugliness must end or we risk our great union. All right. I uh, I appreciate Adam Kinzinger for saying that. By, by the way, uh, for 10 trivia points, D, who ran against Adam Kinzinger in the 2018 election? Ice Cube. <laughs> it's my guess for everything. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, Ice Cube, you would be wrong, uh, but he would have been a, a heck of a candidate. I like them at Ride Along. Uh, and uh, uh, no, it was Sarah Dade. Come on, get with it. Neil Muhammad ran in the uh, primary. Remember that, D? Oh, yeah, you're uh, smart. I'm not. I yeah, see. but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, man, you're smart. It's just all the drugs you took for that root canal are, are kicking in, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you know, like this thing where uh, I, what, he starts off by ripping. <laughs> 
ripping Omar and then ripping the other people. I guess that's called political cover. Um, anyway, I appreciate what SE Cup did. You got any more quotes you're going to read on this? No. Well, of course, we'll keep you posted on these stories right. as today's program rolls along. But right now, we're going to find out what's going on locally. We're going to find out what else is news. And guys, we're done with alligator stories, okay? We oh, promise. come on, man. Alligator's gone. We're back to being non-alligator Chicago. And we got important business to discuss. Oh, man, I like that alligator. The question today, not nothing to do with an alligator. Quit yeah. looking at me like that. <laughs> Just where in the hell are we going to put Chicago's first casino? Mm-hmm. We discussed this casino thing already. What you got for me, Because it looks like we're getting one. Here's the quote from Mayor Lightfoot in the mm-hmm. press release. Quote, while a Chicago casino has been talked about for more than 30 years, today we are moving forward to ensure the new casino is viable for Chicago and all of its communities. The following comes from the Illinois political bulldogs at Illinois Politico and one Shia Kappa. <laughs> what? <laughs> the political pull. I'm sorry when you did that. It made me laugh. Mayor Lori Lightfoot <laughs> has rolled the dice. Oh, on that's pretty good. That's good, Kapos. Okay, rolled the d- Get it? That's good. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has rolled the dice <laughs> on five sites to be considered for a possible casino in Chicago. They're all located on the city's south and west sides, far from McCormick Place or Navy Pier. We got the five sites right here. But, Ben, before we find out what the mayor's thinking, what are you thinking? Where would you like to see Chicago's first casino? All right, well, let me tell you this. Before I answer that, um, I don't believe the casino site will be on one of these five. I already said that uh, at the start of the show. (laughs) The joke of the whole selection site process is you don't have to pick the site, one of the sites that the mayor has on the list. Um, So I'm all over the map on this one, D. No, Ben Drosky all over the map? I'm the proverbial flag flapping in the proverbial breeze on this one because I read all these. People say, well, you know, casinos don't really give the jolt of economic development that neighborhoods need that want them so it's sort of like a fortress that people just enter and then leave probably broke because let's face it folks these casinos are set up to shake you down and take your money so it's not like you're gonna have money and you're gonna walk out and go oh i'm gonna go to a restaurant you'd be too broke to go to a restaurant you know you go in you go out so there's really not like the spillover economic development effect so i'm like mm, i don't know if it's such a great idea to put it in a neighborhood that really needs economic development maybe it's a better idea to put some kind of business in there that will develop uh, a spillover effect so then i'm thinking well then put it downtown all right you know it's just i don't know there's that's where the entertainment in- industry is right now there's all the theaters downtown maybe it's a good idea to put it downtown then again thinking oh they're gonna end up spending public dollars to put it downtown uh, more money for a public dollar spend see me which way in the wind i just picture you sitting by yourself at home well, there's this and there's that yeah <laughs> i know i talk to myself t and then sometimes i call dennis up dennis can, you want to talk to me about the casino i'm like uh, dude it's one in the morning please uh, stop i have a life and um <laughs> l-i-f-e ever heard of it anyway so um i've got one so anyway i'm all over the map and part of me just thinks we shouldn't even have a casino in the first place because you're just shaking down poor people who shouldn't be gambling in the first place because you're soaking your people the whole industry is set up to soak you all right at least in the marijuana industry you get something out of it right get high well i tell you what i'm excited about it all right we got a casino coming i'm from downstate illinois we got riverboat casinos Time we get a casino down here. Got we got a, riverboats around here. Elgin's got a oh riverboat. Oh, man, you haven't lived till you've been on a riverboat casino, buddy. I got this slot machine here. You guys can't see it on the video, but uh, let's fire it up. Yeah. Let's find out these five locations. All right. Woo! Let's go through the locations, with none of which will be selected, folks. All right. <laughs> the five locations proposed today. We begin. Conquistador. Okay, please stop. Oh, sorry. We begin <laughs> with 
your computer. What? Number one. <laughs> and I got YouTube going on at the same time. Oh, wow. Get off of there, YouTube. All right. Number one. The former Michael Reese Hospital uh, site at 31st Street and Cottage Grove Avenue. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, in the city of Chicago, you may not realize it, but you own it. You may not realize it, but your property taxes went to acquire it. You may not realize it that the former mayor that you voted for year after year after year, despite the fact that I was urging you not to vote for him, Mayor Richard M. Daly, thanks for not listening to me. He spent $90 million of your dollars or dedicated $90 million plus of your property tax dollars to buy it as part of his great scheme. Remember this one to have the Olympics come to the city of Chicago. Now it's just this big vacant chunk of land, not far down the road from where Lior Galil uh, works every day. Lior's our next guest. That's my way of doing a transition, D. How about that? You're good. You are good. Uh, and uh, the, my, at my beloved Chicago Reader, they're right down the street from there. So it's a big vacant chunk of land. They should have put the Obama Center there. But no. President Obama wanted me in a park overlooking the lake. The University of Chicago wanted So that's where we're putting it in a park. City of Chicago, unbelievable. You got a big chunk of vacant land that you already own, okay? It's not going to interrupt anybody's walking through the park looking at the birds and the butterflies. No, I know what we're going to do. We won't put it in the vacant land. We'll put it in the park. I'm a leader in the city of Chicago. Anyway, so you have the seven, seven, cherry <laughs> on, damn. We got this big chunk of vacant land. Michael Reese Hospital, the local alderman says she doesn't want it, and the residents don't want it. So don't put it there if the locals don't want it. All right, so there you go. Site number one, the former Michael Reese Hospital site at 31st Street and Cottage Grove Avenue. Let's find out our second location here. Cookies to dough. Yes. Why are you doing that? Oh, sorry. It's time for... Number two. <laughs> number two. All right. All that work for number two. Okay. A site near the Harborside Golf Course at 111th Street in the Bishop Ford Freeway. Yes. Hold on. This is uh, Alderman, uh, Alderwoman Sue Sadlowski Garza twisting my arm. Come on, Ben. See one. Sue Garza. There's two sites from her neck of the woods, uh, and uh, she wants them to, uh, for both. She wants it down in the 10th Ward. She says it's great. It'd be great for the 10th Ward. Uh, she's sick of seeing people go to Hammond, uh, to the, the casino. And By the way, why don't we just cut a deal with the state of Indiana and Hammond and take some of their proceeds? Why don't we do that? Huh? That's an idea. Why don't oh, we just do that? Why are you asking me, dude? Well, like, you know, I don't, I would have made sense too, you know, because everybody always says, Sue Carson comes on the show and she says, Ben. Do you know that all these Illinois plates, all these Illinois cars are going to Hammond? And as though, you know, they're driving through the 10th Ward. Why don't we? So now I'm thinking, you know, just just occur to me, D. It's like a moment of inspiration. <laughs> That's right. awesome. Why don't we just cut a deal with the state of Indiana and get into that? Then not build another casino at all. There you go. I just figured everything out. Instead, spend the money that we're going to use to build a casino to, I don't know, more mental health clinics. D. Everybody's losing their mind in the city of Chicago. Are you listening to this, Lori Lightfoot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take notes. Uh, anyway. All right. Site number two, a site near the Harborside Golf Course at 111th Street and the Bishop Ford Freeway. It is time now for number three. Oh, yeah. Number three. <laughs> An area near Guaranteed Rate Field at Pershing Road and State Street. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, wait a minute. I, isn't that uh, Pershing Road and State Street? I didn't even know that area. Hold on. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Pershing Road. What's there now? 
Habada. Habada. Yeah, baseball field? Yeah, right near White Sox Park. Nah, don't put it there. It's right near White Sox Park. Put it somewhere where it could, where people really... Well, although, on the other hand, D, uh-oh, here we go. On the one hand, this. On the one hand, that. You are near an entertainment district in that, you know, it is White Sox Park. So maybe people go to the casino, get broke, and, well, they won't have any money to go to White Sox Park. So, nah, I don't like it there either. All right, he doesn't like it there. We're running short on time, so let's just hammer these next two out here at Number four. Number four. By the way, if you just tuned in, we're naming the possible sites of a casino. Well, these are just the possible sites suggested by Lori Life at My Money. I'm betting going to Vegas right now that the ultimate site in the city of Chicago, if we have it at all, will not be on this list. Go. All right. Glass half full over there for Jarofsky. <laughs> Number four, the former U.S. Steel parcel, also known as South Works, between 79th and 91st Streets along Lakeshore Drive. And finally, Number five. A site near Roosevelt Road and Costner Avenue on the west side. Yeah, I would. This is the site. The uh, the site that uh, they would put the huge dumps, uh, illegal dumps in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. I've talked about this many times on the show. I've written about it in the Chicago Reader. I wanted the Presidential Library to go. Ricky Hendon. Uh, many people laughed at me. They go, they're not going to put the Presidential Library at that site. Oh, I remember laughing. Remember about Ricky that. Hendon going, "Oh my God, that's hilarious, Ben." So uh, they want to put a casino there. The local alderman Michael Scott wants it. Again, there's the issue. Will that generate economic development or be just like a fortress? People go in, go people go out. Uh, my hunch is they're not going to put it there. My hunch, ladies and gentlemen, one last time, none of these sites will be the one they choose. They'll have another site that get at the last minute gets put in. That's so Chicago. No study, no review, no consultant. Deals cut, D. So there you are, just like that. You're now in the know of what's going on locally. You'll now have an answer the next time someone asks you, hey, what else is news? The live stream chat is weighing in here. Alicia puts... Let the gator choose where to put the casino. <laughs> People love that alligator. I love the alligator. By the way, they threw it one more time. Oh, God. My beloved Sun Times, I love you dearly, but every time you write about the gator, do you have to throw Alligator Bob under the bus? Why not I tried. I, mean, I tried my hardest. Man. They invariably go, well, uh-oh, what an Alligator Rob, or he was the one who figured it out, not Alligator Bob. He couldn't figure it God, man, go easy on the guy, all right? And, and the guy who put the alligator in the lagoon should throw out the first pitch of the game, right? Well, he, I guess. Right? No, they'd fine his ass. Well, he, it's illegal. I believe it's illegal. To, uh, like, slippery slope. Slippery slope. Man, yeah. that gator was awesome. All right, and uh, just like that, you're now in the know of what's going on. Now you'll know what else is news. Okay, I think we're going to go to break now. All right, let me tell you one thing. What? Some that Ernie Isley. Okay. Ronnie Isley. All right. And Leora Khalil, our next guest. They all agree. You did a great job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. We'll be right back after this. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh, my. Look at that wonderful piece of architecture. Hey. 
Playing now at Steppenwolf Theater, the world premiere of Ms. Black for President. It's inspired by the true, that's true as in it really happened, T-R-U-E story of Joan Dett Black, America's first drag queen presidential candidate. You know who created it, D? No. It was created by Tony nominee Tina Landau. Oh. And you know who else created it? No. Oscar winner Terrell Alvin McCraney. You know him, Moonlight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For tickets, visit Steppenwolf.org. That's Steppenwolf, like the rock group from the 60s, Hang tight, millennials. <laughs> the Ben Drofsky Show is supported by the Northwestern Summer Writers Conference. Now in its 15th year, the three-day conference held in Chicago features a diverse array of workshops, speakers, discussions, and readings. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash writers. Hey, that commercial break's over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed, we are live. We are at the Chicago Sun-Times, the beautiful, bright one, built me this lovely studio. And with me uh, in the studio, Lior Galil, ace uh, music writer for the Chicago Reader, my beloved reader. And here's the latest issue of the reader, right here. And on the cover is Pitchfork. Uh, it's a guide to Pitchfork, and as everybody knows, Pitchfork, Pitchfork. Oh, you love this festival. <laughs> Pitchfork, <laughs> say that 20 times, is a big musical festival. Uh, and what they do, they put Pitchfork together, uh, Lior, and they, the, the, the governing principle is, let's get a bunch of bands that Ben has never heard of because he stopped listening to music in 1979, which gives him an excuse to have Lior on his show who can help him figure out what's going on musically. How about that? To be fair, I think that's also the governing principle of every music festival over the summer. So. <laughs> you have to get more specific. Uh, all right. I, I w- I'm going to correct you on that one. Uh, I, I like to say this. Uh, what is it called? Taste of Chicago. They have Old People Fest, the last day of every Taste of Chicago, where they put a band on that Ben's heard of. Because, well, this time they had India Ari was the act. And yeah. my wife's a fan of India Ari. And I really don't know anything about India Ari. But I went because my wife wanted to go and she got the tickets. I was... I really liked it a lot. Have you ever yeah. been to an Indie RE concert? No, I haven't. Oh, well, everybody knows the lyrics to the song. They're like singing. I mean, I, never I, mean I would it. hope so if you're paying. How, how expensive were those tickets? Well, okay, this is something, a little yeah. secret that uh, I'm going to uh, let out here that people should not know. I I'm almost don't want people to know this. One of the best deals the city of Chicago has, Lior, is the, um, what do they call it? Like the special seats, you know, the VIP seats yeah. for uh, Taste of Chicago, like 40 bucks. Is that good? To see India Ari, I've, I've I've seen the okay. I'm like, look, these are the old people groups that they've yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. OJ's, uh, Isley Brothers, uh, Erica Badu. For some reason, they consider her like an old people group. I'm not quite sure why. She's like 90s, isn't she? Or old? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and India. What's that? Yeah, a long time ago, the 90s. Yeah, the 90s. So anyway, I don't know, $40 to, to have a great seat sounds pretty good to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty decent. I just, uh, I'm so used to paying 5 to $10 for shows, and granted, some of that is informed by... Uh, experiences that were a decade ago. ago so. a, a decade ago. If you, I do not <laughs> believe you could go to see a, a big time show, uh, like with a main with a star like Indy Ari for forty. But I don't. Know, maybe what do I know? Are you the music expert? Yeah. I'm just the political expert. All right, let's break it down. There's actually two festivals coming up. There's okay. actually four this weekend. Go ahead, talk about. Um, so there's Columbia Fest, which we haven't uh, written anything about, unfortunately. But uh, that's on the far west side. There's Pitchfork Fest, which is in. Union Park, uh, this is its 14th year. Technically, it's 15th year because Pitchfork, the website, uh, 
15 years ago, um, they put together a festival for intonation music and that eventually became Pitchfork the following year. Uh, Silver and Block Party, which is now in its 16th year, is down in Hyde Park. And uh, Con Chicago makes its debut this year. It started in L.A. a few years ago. And that's kind of a mishmash of, like, streetwear, fashion, and music, and panels about things that I'm... I'm honestly not sure that that information hasn't been publicly announced. So, But, yeah, there, there are musical performances there, too. So those are four major... Wow festivals that are happening this weekend and so what are you going to do what is it i'm i'm going to pitchfork all three days i i considered trying to make it down to the silver room block party the 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 unfortunate thing is not only a distance but uh pitchfork there's no re-entry and some of the acts that i want to see are early in the day Mm. um some of the acts that i want to see at silver room block party are later in the evening there's unfortunately a lot of overlap there uh and i've 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 made my choice but silver room block party is expecting fifty thousand people it's a free event. I mean, they, they take donation, but yeah, they're expecting 50,000 people this year. Last year, they had 40,000 people in torrential downpour. So, um, it's grown significantly since it started in an alley in Wicker park in 2002. And so this year it's in Hyde park. Uh, it's, it's been in Hyde park the past few years. So Eric Williams, who opened the silver room store in Wicker park in 1997, moved his store down to Hyde park in April, 2015. And he took the summer 2015 off uh, and then decided to reboot the, the block party the following year with help from the University of Chicago and a few other organizations. And particularly since it's been, it's had like the kind of infrastructural support in Hyde Park, it's been able to grow tremendously year over year. So they have three outdoor stages. They have several indoor events. Uh, they're building a roller rink, an outdoor roller rink this year uh, at the Silver Room Block Party. And they have, yeah, fantastic musicians that perform every year, 90% of whom are local, um, and some of whom don't get to perform in front of 40,000 to 50,000 people on the regular. But yeah, it's a, it's a massive event. Uh, and let's talk about it uh, some of, before we get to Pitchfork, which we were going to. Uh, t- tell me some of your, the, the groups that, uh, the, the acts that you uh, think are notable that people should know about. Well, in the, in, so in the reader this week, uh, the Silver Room has a pullout guide to the festival. And the one that I'm most interested in who has since been removed from the, uh, the online lineup is uh, Pastor T.L. Barrett, uh, who made some really tremendous gospel records in the late seventies and, uh, who has been sampled endlessly by Kanye, um, since then. Uh, and he's supposed to, he's scheduled to perform at two forty on Saturday afternoon on the main stage. He has been removed from the website. I hope that that is just a, a glitch, um, because that would be a really fascinating experience. Um, Ron Trent headlines, the main stage, he and Eric Williams are longtime like really close friends and he's performed every silver room block party. It's kind of a, 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 a big, uh, you know, going, you know, good night, uh, performance that he does every year. He's, he's a nineties house legend. Um, and yeah, he's, it's pretty amazing that he comes back to do this every year, but it's a, you know, it's, it's a big community event. This Eric Williams has talked pretty regularly about how he is really intentional and how he wants to keep the vibe of this event as close to a block party Mm -hmm. as possible. He wants everyone to feel welcome. He wants people of all ages there. And from what I've heard and, you know, from people that I've talked to, yeah, you you get like a pretty broad range of ages of folks that are come that are hanging out, grandparents hanging out with their grandkids. And um, yeah. And, and the, the eclecticism of the lineup pretty much matches that you got gospel, you got 
jazz, you got house music, you got hip hop. Um, Master Ace, who's like a '90s hip hop legend, is coming and he's playing at like four in the afternoon. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a really cool event. He's playing, yeah, he's playing at. Uh, let me see if I get this right. At the Times, uh, that sometimes he's playing at. Uh, f- 4.15, It's hard for me to figure out where, how with this, uh, the, with the schedule. Yeah. The schedule here. But, uh, and, uh, that would be the first, sh- the, the first day it's a 53rd in Lake park in Hyde park. It's only on Saturday. So the first and only day. Oh, I thought it was two days. No, there are just three outdoor stages. Um, yeah. And again, there, there are several indoor stages. Um, and it's, it's, it's really cool. They've, uh, they've done a good job of involving community organizations, uh, or just like community outlets such as the tribe who uh the reader has worked with pretty significantly since the that website for uh black millennials in chicago launched uh, a couple years ago and so the tribe has booked a showcase of local rappers that they have covered extensively to perform during their their hour on stage three on stage 53rd three. in dorchester 53rd in dorchester Georgechester, right? Anybody else that uh, you want to point out? Um, Vic Spencer is a fantastic local rapper. He's he's kind of he's very much like an old school boom bap minded MC who's lyrical first. Who's uh, uh, he's he's certainly inventive in the way that he chooses to uh, to rap and and describe his world. And I think he's a very immersive rapper. Uh, he's he's kind of staunchly. Uh, set in his ways as as an MC, he won't sing, and that's so in vogue with rappers these days. And I I appreciate that. Wait, about which him. part is in vogue? Not singing or singing. singing? Singing is yeah, or or bending your your flow so that it resembles singing and it, kind of blurs that. And you have what's your opinion about this? I think both are 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 good. I just appreciate that Vic goes against the flow and and does is, what he does. And does what he does. Yeah. And what I, do you think, Ben? I appreciate anybody that goes against the flow, I, even if I don't know the issue. That's why I keep saying I want some Republicans to go again. Look, I cannot have a discussion on anything without going political. Uh, but I appreciate anybody who's, who's determined uh, to do what he or she thinks is right in the face of other people telling what to do. So although I, I have to say, I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to contradict myself Um I'm not really, used to that. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. Having said that, I go, well, Kanye West, that people are going, well, Ben, what about Kanye West going to the White House and you know, palling around with Donald John Trump? Well, I think you have to serve some common sense. So yeah. I'm not comparing, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, it's not a hard and fast rule. Yeah, it's not. Well, and then, yeah, there's like in, uh, levels here. So uh, a guy who says, I am not going to sing because I have a lousy voice. I just want to rap. is different than uh, a rapper going to the White House and saying, I love you, Donald. <laughs> Don't you see a distinction? there you know yeah i don't know that vic's a bad singer i just know he doesn't oh okay. yeah i didn't mean to say that i thought i did say that i thought he didn't sing because he couldn't sing no it's just i don't i don't think he's necessarily interested in that in, in your humble opinion can drake carry a tune go yeah i mean he's had vocal training and yes he absolutely can the last time you were in the show as i recall you took him down pretty hard. Well, I don't think he's any good anymore. <laughs> he's it, it. It feels very clear that the oh, yeah. you know he's just kind of spinning his wheels. Uh, and I just say that because Miles, who's our uh, last editor, who's now uh, summering in Europe, I think he is, was really upset with you. He wanted to argue with you on that point. He I would have. Yeah, he would have too. <laughs> he was ready to go, but I was ready to move on to politics. Uh, all right, and uh, I'm looking at the rest. Billy Branch. Billy Branch is a yeah. He's he's a a big a well-known Chicago bluesman. Uh, yeah. He played blues, fi- blues fest a couple of years ago. I think he was one of the headliners. 
um, uh, he and Rhymefest actually like collaborated on a song, which is pretty cool. And he'll be at four thirty on yeah. stage two, fifty second and Harper. Yeah, and uh, a couple hours after that is Avery R. Young, who is a local poet and longtime, uh, yeah, longtime contributor to Chicago culture, who recently put out an album and book. Um, and uh, I've seen clips of his performances recently; they're quite, quite remarkable. So uh, yeah, it's it'll be cool for him to to basically close out that help close out stage two that night yeah. uh, right before the growing concerns poetry collective part of me uh who the reader we've covered pretty extensively well this is uh forty thousand people last year did you say or fifty thousand people in the pouring 40, rain forty thousand people last year in the pouring rain this year they're expecting 50 and it's supposed to be nice weather i think on saturday yeah, Am I yeah. right about there's that? some there's supposed to be some scattered thunderstorms but the way it's it there's going to be a heat wave so i can't imagine the rain will last that long well i'm i know this is a tangent within a tangent but the the, the weather uh crew has not exactly been on target with their weather these days today was supposed to be the start of the heat wave i walk in and get drenched and it's like it was 70 degrees anyway that's a tangent within a tangent we are um all right so uh that's silver room and again the reader i urge everybody to check it out has a, a whole insert uh, and I on, did an oral history of the Silver Room Block Party for for the issue as well. Very cool. Lior Galil knows his stuff. Uh, all right, let's move on to Pitchfork, which will be the festival yeah. you will be attending three days. Starting. Three days. I'm already exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't recommend it. I mean, get, dude, yeah. obviously go. It's uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, as far as a festival that gets tens of thousands of people every day, it's one of the more relaxed ones. And culturally quite eclectic. Uh, it seems like every year they pick the hottest weekend for a pitchfork. Specifically, yeah. It always is the same weekend, too. It's kind of amazing always that they plan it that way. wicked hot yeah. pitchfork. Do you go to pitchfork? No, but I've, I, every time I hear about it or I've had roommates that go and it's just like, dude, it's like really hot. You're going to go there the whole day? Yeah. You know, it seems uh, like every weekend they do it. Uh, and uh, so pitchfork, uh, you said uh, it's at Union Park and that Union Park is... Union Park is on the west side. It's not too far from from where we are now. That is correct. Yeah, I walk through Union Park sometimes when on my way, when I drive here. I remember I, D knows where I park. <laughs> All right, so uh, give folks a sense of uh, the lineup for you. So uh, you mentioned the Isley Brothers. Mm -hmm. They're doing a 60th anniversary celebration, but really it's the 60th anniversary of their first album. They've been around longer than 60 years at this point. Get out of here. Yeah. 60 years ago? Yeah. Good God, am I old. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> the Isley Brothers' first album was, I did not know that, yeah. 60 years ago? Yeah. Help me with the math. You're better at math than I am. Yeah, so I'm, 60 I'm years told ago, 60 years ago, yeah. So 60 years would have been 1959, is that correct? That's correct. Look at the brain on Brad. Uh, wow, 60 years ago. Damn, I've been in the Isley Brothers since about the mid-60s, I want to say. So I didn't realize they'd already been at it for a while. Uh, yeah. And there's only two Isley Brothers at the moment. Yes, I'm sure there's going to be more people with <laughs> though. Well, I, you know, the last time I saw them, it, it, it seemed as though... There were the two eyes, Ronnie and Ernie. I don't know how familiar you are with the Isaac brothers. And then there were uh, local musicians that they had assembled from the Chicago area that were yeah. playing uh, their backup. And um, I, my guess is that's what they do wherever they wherever go. Wherever they go, yeah. It, I mean, they they have the the money to do that. And that's a pretty great way to invest in the communities that you're performing in. Um, 
but I think it also depends on the occasion. It'd yeah. be cool if that happens this weekend, but uh, I, I'm honestly not sure if that will be the case. Yeah. Or maybe also, um, so cynical here in Jada from coming to Chicago politics, you don't have to be, don't have to pay them as much if you pay the regular band that goes with you on the tour then you have to pay at the hotels and you have to pay well you know yeah sure that's that is a cynical way but i'm so cynical it depends depends on the person uh aside of an aside uh philip montora the music editor his brother craig is also both of them are are musicians and craig uh at one point was part of sufjan stevens band as sufjan was starting to become big and uh, has always remarked about how well Sufjan treated his band and made sure everyone got paid equally. So it's, yeah, they, they, they're, they're nice people in, in this field. Yeah, I, can you imagine if I were covering music? Like, for instance, the Rolling Stones, tangent within a tangent within a tangent. I don't know if you know this. They have, like, the Rolling Stone members of the Rolling Stones, so they have, like, a piece of the pie. Yeah. And there's four of them. And then there's the bass player who comes from Chicago, and he doesn't get a piece of the pie, as I yeah. understand it. Did you, did you know that? I, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's upsetting and sad but uh yeah it's it's not surprising cynical jaded view of a political reporter if you ever write about uh, music all right talk about some of the other acts other than the the non-ben acts the non-ben acts so we, i mean ben, we already covered the one the, and the isley brothers haven't reached out for you to play the air organ <laughs> no i would play air guitar with the isley brothers ernie isley um i love ernie isley i could go on and on Leo. i know you don't want to hear me uh, uh waxing about ernie isley and uh when i came out of high school ernie was like this he was a super cool guy. He had the the thing he wore around his head. I think the, he the, still the, does. Yeah, he does that. But I thought it was like, whoa, man, it's like Jimi Hendrix, you know, lives and it's Ernie Isley and who's that lady? And I would play her. I know I could to this moment play her guitar every lick. Uh, <laughs> so you're coming, right? Uh, no, I saw him uh, two years ago. His summer breeze. All right. All you youngsters out there. Man, when he plays Summer Breeze, which is a song none of you ever heard of, it, it I could do that right now. Can I do it? I've heard of it. I've heard Summer Breeze. Yeah. I'm not singing it. Sing Summer Breeze. I'm not singing it. All right. Let's find out the rest of these. We are. For, before we go out for 10 trivia points, uh, Summer Breeze is a cover. Who did the original Summer Breeze? Uh, it's, God, what's the name of that American? Is it America? It's some name. yacht rock band that I'm forgetting the name of. <laughs> he just threw him and under I, the yacht. Well, uh, the, but it is a yacht yeah. rock band. Yeah. Oh, by the way, what is yacht rock? Yacht that's rock is new. basically soft. It's it's like soft soul that's played largely by white men. But why do they call it yacht rock? Uh, it it's there's something uh, yachty about it. Yeah. There's there's something there's like a it's you can attribute it to wealth. Uh, there's something relaxing about it, but also it seems to be only attainable if you're able to afford a yacht. Or at least that's a, that, that's an impression of a lifestyle. Uh, I actually don't think this band is technically a yacht rock band, but I don't know because I don't even know what yacht rock is. Uh, do you give up? <sighs> it's something. <laughs> ho- <sighs> yes. Seals and Croft. Oh, that's right. Leah knew that. Yeah, she that's definitely that. yacht rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> no one in this room is impressed. <laughs> I told you, Leo. Seventy nine, man. I know all that stuff. I was right, though. It was. It is yacht rock. You know, I. I just not quite. I concede that they're soft and they don't really have a strong sound. And there was always this notion in the seventies that there were these mediocre songs. But then when the Isley Brothers did this, they sounded really good. And uh, Summer Breeze by the Isley Brothers sounds so much better than Summer Breeze by Sills and Croft, particularly with that 
guitar solo. And then the, uh, there is a great organ solo. I mean, I'm going to stop. All these cool bands of 2019 playing. <laughs> he just keeps going on the Isley Brothers. You love should them. come, Ben. I love the <laughs> Isley Brothers. I just love them to death. But uh, no, I already saw them, saw them two years ago. I'm not going to Pitchfork. It's going to be blistering hot. Be hanging around with all these Pitchforkians. Uh, uh, who let you in, sir? Uh, anyway, so who else? Who else do we know about? Uh, so the, the main headliner on Sunday night is Robin, who is a terrific pop musician. Uh, she's actually, last time she played the festival, it was uh, Friday afternoon in 2010, which was the first time that I actually went. Um, and yeah, she makes great pop songs. Her last album has, uh, it's called Honey. It has like a, a few of the songs have like a uh, house touch to them. Mm -hmm. It feels very familiar if you grew up with house music. Um, yeah, she's a she's a remarkable performer. Just in like the last like five six years, she had like a comeback, right? I remember I remember Robin back in the day, like the nineties. Yeah, she has been she has been going for decades, and first and yeah, in America really though, she had kind of like a comeback, right? Yes, there was a the yeah. period there where no one really talked about her. Yeah, she headlined uh, Pritzker Pavilion uh, three years ago, I want to say some at some point within the past three to five years. You know, I had her first album. No, you didn't. <laughs> Uh, Leah, do you so know So you're Robin? coming, right? <laughs> uh, no, I think I'll be, Wait, if I'm not going to go see the Isleys, why would I go see Robin? Because <laughs> you haven't seen her. Oh, that's true. I have yeah. seen the Isleys like five times. Who's that lady? <laughs> there he Sorry, goes. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I came for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I may go see Robin, all right? I'll there talk we go. To my, there wife. We my wife probably likes Robin, you know? Uh, my wife has got a lot more eclectic taste than I do. She's actually listened to music after 79, which is why we saw it in the It's allowed. Yeah, it's permitted. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, who else besides Robin? Oh, man. Um, so before the Isley Brothers on Saturday, there's Bell and Sebastian playing If, you, if You're Feeling Sinister, which is there. Bell and Sebastian. That yeah. is a name I've heard. Yeah. How have I known that name, Bell and Sebastian? You're going, right, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> this well, is just me. This is turning into me trying to convince Ben to go to this uh, festival. Well, yeah. I, I, I got a Bell and Sebastian tag too last week i don't yeah. know if i showed that yeah. to you uh, no what has bell and sebastian done i've heard leah you ever heard of bell and sebastian no no <laughs> strike it out with leah. going for her to bail you out dude <laughs> i mean this this album came out in 97 98 uh, uh the album it? that they're playing in full and uh well, they've been around a while they've been around a while mm -hmm. yeah i mean that was right at the beginning of their career mm -hmm. um but it's it's very much iconic for lack of a better term it's yeah. i mean it is representative of like the twee indie rock aesthetic you like that kind of music it's okay yeah yeah just okay i mean it's it's not like i'm very i'm familiar with it i could tell you if a bell and sebastian song is playing but i'm could I've you never immediately adapt if we put on a bell and sebastian song right now no, probably not because okay. they have so many albums yeah. and i've only listened to a few of them and i've quickly realized that wasn't my main but somehow some way i know the name balance yeah. and i'm not even sure how i know the name because they are they they have achieved that level of international renown mm -hmm. and and i do think their music is good it's just not something that i listen to that frequently uh, are you going to go to see them play yeah, yeah they're they're on right before the eyes uh, on a stage that is essentially right next to by the way, not to uh, continually bring the topic of conversation back to the Isley Brothers, but will you be watching them? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, there's, well, th- this sounds rude. There's nobody else that's going to be performing at that time. They're the headliners <laughs> for that night. <laughs> oh, but okay. I could I could leave, but I'm yeah. not going to because I, I do want to see the guys. Have you ever seen them before? No, I haven't. Are you going to write about them afterwards? No, I'm not. <laughs> I would really love to read your Phil- thoughts. Well, I mean, if something changes, but Philip has already given out the assignments for who is going to be writing about what, and I'm not going to ruin it. Do you know who? Everyone. Oh, so you're not going to tell us. I'm not going to tell you what's, what's happening. Yeah. No, you're you, have to, you have to, you have to look at the website. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I know Mario did a, a story about the Isley Brothers for the reader. Did he not? Uh, no, it wasn't Mario. Uh, now I'm struggling, but there is a story about uh, about oh, James Porter. Yeah, James Porter wrote about the Isley Brothers, and Mario did an interview with someone, and I can't remember now who it was with. But Which the, Mario? Um, Mario Smith. I interviewed Mario Smith for the Silver Room Block Party story. Oh, that was you interviewing Mario. I yeah. thought that was Mario interviewing someone else. No, no. Uh, yeah, Mario Smith, the great Mario Smith, who yeah. has a uh, who can also get political and has his own radio show. Or used to at WH. He's got a show on Lumpen now. But Lumpen. yeah, he'd been on WHBK before WHBK. And uh, yeah, I used to many years ago have a show on WHBK, which yeah. is like not known except by me. Anyway. Wait, when was the show? Yeah. Uh, this show, I did it with a, a guy named Devin Thompson. My that good bastard. friend, Devin. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's kidding. What matter with Devin was a guest on this show once. Oh. Uh, and that's how I met Adolfo. Oh, cool. Yeah, because he had uh, the show, uh, Mariachi Music Show, right after mine. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I met Sergio, Sergio Mims, because he had the uh, classical music show right before mine. And yeah. then I talked, we'd come on and. So, just, wait, when was this? Uh, the O's. It was sometime oh, in the O's. Gotcha. My kids were in high school. Yeah. yeah it was the O's. Mm hmm. That was a long time ago. Yeah, ago. so this was after the common Kanye battle on WHBK in the 90s. Uh, yes, long after. I wasn't even aware of that. Uh, it was long <laughs> after. A lot of, there's a lot of history at that radio station. <laughs> yes, there is. I was unaware of What was that battle? Talk that about was like that. 96, 97. What happened? Uh, I actually don't remember. It, it was just an, an on air freestyle battle. Um, yeah, WHBK was the first. Uh, it, it might be the first radio station in Chicago to play hip hop mm-hmm. on the air, uh, in 84, starting in 1984, but it was for a long time, the only radio station in Chicago that would play local hip hop. So common would frequently go on the air yeah. and like rap, you know, do freestyles yeah. on the air. Well, we, I can tell you, we were not doing rap on our show. We were talking politics and, uh, Sports, that kind of thing. Uh, all right. Uh, so what else should we know about Pitchfork? Uh, Mavis Staples is performing Friday. Oh, I did not know that. See, I'm, I'm trying to convince Ben. <laughs> At this go, point, I'm go. just Mavis telling. Mavis Staples is speaking my language. Yeah, yeah you got to come back. Are you going to go see that one? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, Mavis Staples. Have yeah. you ever seen her before? I have. She's Yeah, she's a phenomenal performer. Wow. And oh. she put on an album uh, a few months ago. So, she's yeah, she's she is uh, tireless. It's Yeah, she's remarkable. Uh, well, that would almost be, uh, be enough to get that. And the Isley Brothers are two acts uh, that I would go see if I was going to go to uh, Pitchfork. Which, you can. Uh, I think there's a movie that night I'm going to be watching. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> there's a movie that night. <laughs> I think I'm going to watch Yesterday for the third time. Have you seen Yesterday yet? No. Do you have any ambitions and desires? Uh, at some it? point okay. when I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> Well, you always are going to have to pay for sure, it. Sure. Yeah. Okay? Yes. All right? a, uh, unless so, a friend buys it. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. That fire stick thing. Friend, yeah. That fire on my good friend Antonio. I have a friend from a previous radio station. I can't remember the name of the station, D. Uh, yeah, and they fired you. Uh, is there a band you're most excited to see? Uh, I am particularly excited for Stereolab, which is, uh, yeah, a British slash French group that uh, 
yeah was around in the 90s for a very long time and they i forget when they broke up but they reunited this year i've never seen them before they mix like kraut rock and lounge and uh and indie rock and i think their stuff is really fantastic and when are they playing they're playing saturday uh on the same stage as isley brothers before the isley brothers so you're definitely going to see I, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's a small, it's a small, uh, the footprint for Pitchfork is fairly small. It's really manageable. It's so easy to get from one place to the next. And when is it open every uh, day? It starts, yeah, tomorrow gates open at uh, either noon or 1 p.m. And then every, and Saturday and Sunday, noon to 10. Uh, but the performances don't start till about 1 p.m. And so you're, are you there from noon start? Yeah, yeah. And you're all day? I'm all day. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it, it feels like a it is it's a communal event it's a the, there's like a record fort where there are a lot of local labels that show up to sell music and that's a good place to talk shop with people that i write about on the regular there are a lot of local acts and almost all of them are playing at the beginning of the day which i think is unfair and i would like to see them play later for you know for larger crowds that might not be aware of them but yeah. uh yeah it's 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 great to get in early and just get a sense of of the place before Tens of thousands of people show up. Tens of thousands of people will be showing up for the Isley Brothers, definitely. Well, and Ben, if you don't make it, you could uh, watch it online too. They still do that, right? You can just go online and watch it. I believe it. so. Yeah. yeah, like a stream. Yeah, live stream it. Yeah. Look at look at the brain on Brad <laughs> over I'm there. Thirty five. All right, I kind of get this stuff too. Uh, but no, that would not be that. Come on. Now I'm just going to throw this out there. That's like saying I watch Woodstock. You know, lie. You got to go out there and the, deal with the elements. Yeah, you right? got to go out there, Ben. You got to come. I think I have to go see yesterday. Again, uh, you know, the you, <laughs> yeah, you can you can come see Maya's favorite rapper, Pusha T. I did not know Maya had a favorite rapper. Yeah, he's your Pusha. Yeah, uh, oh, Pusha T. Do you know Pusha? That was a reference. Oh, I see. Uh, well, I have to miss that one. When is when is that? Uh, Pusha T <laughs> was originally scheduled for Saturday, but it looks like he's playing Friday now. Oh, okay. Yeah, before oh. Mavis actually. Well, I may have to see Mavis. So wait, time out. See? Now I'm going to ask a question. That, this shows I'm unafraid to ask a question. I'll show my abundant ignorance. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So can you just like show up for the Isley Brothers? Do you have to? I, you, I mean, you have to pay. No, I know you have for to pay a, for that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have to pay for the full day. But it, 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 they don't reach a limit where they go. Well, we're not letting anybody else. Yeah. In. When a festival sells out, they don't let anyone else in. Yeah. So you can't just walk in to see. <laughs> yeah, the no, you brothers. can't just walk in, but uh, you can get a press pass. I'm, I talk no, to no, 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 that. Come on. I don't go there. I'm not getting a press pass to go to bed. That would be so uh, that would be Trump like. You know what I'm saying? Why? To get a press. I would never because I'm not going to be writing about it unless I'm writing an article about how ignorant I am on music. You know, which, yeah, why not? Way, <laughs> good, uh, That'd be a good read. Uh, yeah, it would be a pretty funny read. All right. Uh, before we bring on the great uh, Jeff Johnson, who's sitting there, he loves the Isley Brothers, I want to say. Yeah, he's nodding his head. Uh, any last uh, groups that we should know about or performers we should know about that you haven't mentioned? Oh, uh, man. There are about 12 locals performing, and mm -hmm. I recommend. Speaking of, last year, uh, a group that was on our show, uh, the Curls, they were at Pitchfork. Are they going to be yeah, there this they year? Yeah, they're All not right. performing this year. All right. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. They're, they're, they're not. Yeah. Are uh, you a fan of the curls? Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Listeners, regular listeners of the band. In uh -huh. fact, they came on our show and they performed. Yeah. There we go. All right. And they did like a Beatles cover. It was great. For me, they did a Beatles. Uh -huh. oh, ben, we'll do a song for an old guy. Here we go. If I, were to, if I were to tell you that all the acts are doing Beatles co covers, would you go? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the premise of yesterday. Can we talk about yesterday for the next hour? <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, well, I, Ben, you're unhip. And then we kind of knew it the whole time. Uh, but I, I'm really, I'm thinking about uh, Mavis Staples. Uh, 
Mavis Staples is one of my favorites. I haven't seen her since the 90s, I Yeah, she's say. tomorrow night. Yeah. She's performing tomorrow night, mm, right after a, Push a T. I'm not seeing a movie, so. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, Lior Galil uh, from the Chicago Reader. We're going to bring you back for, uh, we can have the same exact conversation for Lollapalooza. How about that? Yeah, yeah. And it's, the Isley Brothers won't be there. They won't be there. But don't they have a geezer act? Um, I mean, if you call Lil Wayne a geezer act, I think he might be. No, well, that's not yeah. geezer. Geezer act is vino. I know. Yeah. Well, like, like if I'm 35, they're the like geezer acts for me. Yeah. Uh, Paul McCartney was, I think, the last geezer act they booked. Speaking of yesterday, uh, and let's talk about yesterday a little more. All right, Lior Galil and the Chicago Reader uh, music writer, and uh, I urge everybody to check out this week's Reader. It's got all the um, articles, in for, uh, interviews, etc., about not just Pitchfork, uh, but the Civil Room Sound System, Black Party, and Hyde Park. Thanks for coming on, Lior. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. And ComicsCon. And uh, we have, uh, yes, very good. Uh, Jeff Jackson uh, on deck. We're going to bring him on when we return. Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. See the city from a whole new angle on a Chicago Architecture Center tour. With more than 85 tours to choose from, there are endless stories to discover. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm on a tour. Oh my, what magnificent architecture. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL resident. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. It's Chicagoland's adult entertainment playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. All right, our friends and co-hosts at the Chicago Sun-Times are offering you, yes, you, our listeners, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories that you love. Unlock every feature, video, and podcast, just like the Ben Jarofsky Show, by signing up now for a digital subscription. For a limited time only, you can lock in our lowest rate yet, only $29.99 for a full year of all the news that you need to know. Stay up to date on breaking stories. Get the deep dives and investigations from Sun-Times reporters. Cheer for the big game with the best sports team in the city. And go deep inside City Hall with best in-class political reporting. Fran the Woman Spielman as well. Uh, $29.99 for a full year of unlimited access. You can't do better than that. Take advantage of this exclusive deal now at suntimes.com slash 
Ben. All right, the Ben Jarofsky Show, hour number two for your Thursday, July 18th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions once again for jumping on board and helping bring back our program. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. A giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back our program. Much appreciated. And of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two, let's go. It is Thursday, July 18th, and live from the Chicago Sun Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. In this hour of the program, it's the return of Union Man and Pension Guru, the one, the only, Jeff Johnson. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yes, indeed, Jeff Johnson's in the studio with me. The man knows more about pensions than anyone alive. Somebody picking his brain for a little while on this issue, folks got to pay them can't just That's ignore right. them can't just shove it under the just carpet can't walk away from them can't walk away. well a lot of politicians jeff have tried have that tried, they've yeah. tried they keep that. coming back they keep coming back so we'll take the deep dive in that and many other issues they ask about casinos mm-hmm. may ask about the o'hare the deals that just went down to, at o'hare happy to see that they did uh, recognize the unions at o'hare and they're gonna they signed a deal a collective bargaining agreement well and uh, let's see presidential race presidential politics updates uh from uh, jeff johnson and the lots of political issues to talk about before we do that d you got an update for me yeah we got a national news update here the madness will not end donald trump today took to twitter to slam puerto rican governor ricardo rosello who is facing demands for his resignation after a string of leaked text messages showed him making misogynistic and homophobic comments uh he trashed san juan mayor as well saying quote a lot of bad things are happening in puerto rico the governor is under siege the mayor of san juan is a despicable and incompetent person who i wouldn't trust (laughs) under any circumstance and the united states congress foolishly gave 92 billion dollars for hurricane relief much of which was squandered away or wasted never to be seen again wow donald trump is tripling down oh yeah you know i mean this is his strategy this is what he's going for jeff pot meet mr kettle right yeah 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 and uh yeah uh in terms of uh, despicable but uh Anyway, wow, that Donald Trump. And, you know, it, 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 of course, when when the hurricane hit, he wanted to get credit for uh, helping out. And now he's saying they wasted the money. They shouldn't give it to him in the first place. He's playing this game to the end. And one more update here. Uh, more response to Donald Trump's comments and the supporters' comments from last night's rally. Representative Ilhan Omar. Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds.
One of the four congresswomen, known as the Squad, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, has weighed in on Donald Trump's rally and the president's attack on her colleague and fellow member, Representative Alan Omar, saying, quote, the president put millions of Americans in danger last night. His rhetoric is endangering lots of people. This is not just about threats to individual members of Congress, but it is about creating a volatile environment in this country through violent rhetoric that puts anyone like Alan, uh, anyone who believes in the rights of all people, in danger. And I think that he has a responsibility for that environment. Yeah, well, I mean, she makes a good point. When you get a crowd of people chanting, send her back, it was like lock them up uh, chants of 2016. Mm-hmm. I was always uncomfortable with that. I remember the Republican National Convention was Michael Flynn. Uh, who was began the the chanting or got the the chanting was going during his speech? He may have been the guy who actually started it. I can't recall, but there was chanting going on his speech, and now it, it's uh, a recurring theme uh, in a Trump rally. If he mentions Hillary Clinton, this no. is three years Jeff after the election, they still <laughs> want to lock her up, and uh, so you know it's it's kind of scary thing when you get so many people uh, lock her up, send her back. You know that you're edging toward violence if you follow mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah uh but it, apparently this is his sense that this is what uh is going to get him reelected. It fires the voters up in his uh, in his eyes in his base all right jeff johnson let's talk about let's start off uh with a uh, casinos before yes. we get to pensions um the, we talked about this earlier today mayor lightfoot uh, came up with a list of five possible sites for Chicago casinos uh, focusing on the south and west sides. I'm looking at the front page of the uh, Sun-Times. Uh, what's your sense of, is there a favorite site, do you think? Is there a good best site for it? What's your attitude about this? I don't know. I think when she uh, threw out five of the sites, um, it, it, like you know, the ones down by Harborside Golf Course and the ones like, on the uh, iron or the old steel facility and everything, the, the Har- Harborside one, that really kind of threw me for a loop. Like, you know, why are you going to put it so close to Indiana, you know, and people are already driving out to Indiana. Like, you know, they um, and I get you're trying to take away from that aspect, but. You know, it's a little too close to me. Um, it's important to remember that for the casino bill, the police and fire pension bill, SB 777, the language in there, 75% of revenue will go to the police fund, 25% will go to the fire pension fund. And so, you know, it's the, the money's there uh, already dedicated. And people have to remember, like, you know, because they're seeing new revenue come in and they got cash signs in their eyes. What can I spend it on? Uh, this is money already dedicated. Um I, you know, I've always liked it closer to downtown, you know, as far as just uh, siphon off of that. But there was that report in the Sun-Times, I think it was Sunday, uh, for the neighborhood guy who talked about how casinos, it, yeah. yeah, casinos are usually islands upon themselves. They don't bring in like a neighborhood uh, gentrification or a neighborhood uh, redevelopment. You go, you drive in, drive out. Yeah. And so that kind of had me, like, you know, kind of a little at first, like, oh, it's got to be somewhere near an entertainment district. Now I'm like, well, that made sense to me all in all, as far as like, you know, you drive in and then get out. Um, but I always like close to Wintrust, close to uh, McCormick Place. And I get the viewpoint a little bit of trying to take, you know, oh, you might take away from some of the conference, uh, you know, uh, uh, like the people at the conference. Hey, if they're at a conference and they want to leave and spend their money in Chicago, God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's not you know uh, for us to parent uh, them. If I had to, if, if I had to put money right now on a casino, oh, uh, um, I'm going by the uh, hospital site. Michael Reese. Michael Reese. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to go Michael Reese. Well, the local alderman is, has already come out against it. Yeah, that. and that's what was interesting. Like, people were coming out against it. Yeah. 
anything new in my ward, I'd welcome it. Come on down. You want to build a what? Sure. Come on down. You know, the jobs it's going to create uh, for in that, you know, just for the union jobs of building it. And then some of, you know, like, you know, the whole island aspect of the casino, it'll still generate some revenue in your ward, you know. All right. Well, here's the cynic in me. I'm going to get to the point about the dedicated to the pensions in a little while, but I've already said it, stated this. So I'm going to repeat myself. Uh, the cynic in me. I don't believe the site is on that list. And this is the one thing they don't have to t- pick. They don't the site have that's to, on that list. Exactly. So this is the so Chicago, Jeff. This is the so Chicago. Everybody will weigh in on this site and that site. And the, like the neighborhood opposition will kill that mm-hmm. site. Neighborhood opposition will kill, kill this that site, one. Site. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, well. Guess what? This one right here. That's the cynic. I mean, you're looking like, oh, I don't know, Ben, if I believe you on that one. But I have a hunch that there's a site that they haven't put on the table yet. And, yeah, I mean, do you have any? If well, my guess is, and uh, have, I read the same uh, column by yeah. Zadi that you, you alluded to. It's in the Sun-Times, folks, if you want to go check it out. He was giving laying out uh, all the different theories as to what's the most beneficial site to put mm-hmm. a casino. Uh, and what I to repeat what Jeff was saying is that there's a theory of economic development that it's not a good idea to put a, a casino in an area that needs a jolt because the casino is like a fortress. People just go in and then they go out. Mm-hmm. And generally when they go out, as I said earlier, they have no money because a whole way a casino yeah. is set up, Jeff, I don't ever been to a casino. It's yeah, set up so times. you lose. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, you may have been the one guy that won, no, but God, mo- no. mo- most be- nine out of, t- that's how casinos make their exactly. money. And you know, I, you, you look at other, cities where in Cleveland, for example, Cleveland is a good, uh, uh, where they put a casino into an old existing building in the middle of their downtown area. And for the most part, you walk by it, you might miss it, but they got the hotel right there, the baseball stadiums right down the street. And in this, in their downtown central business district, Mm -hmm. if they have one, um, no knock on Cleveland. I just Uh, ripped Cleveland, but go uh, ahead. But I I like Cleveland. I'm a fan of Cleveland. Um, But in an old downtown building, they renovated it and it's four stories on a corner right in the downtown area. And it does good money. It does good revenue. Um, And the one thing that came up, Block 37. Right. You know, uh, the old building, like, you know, I, I've been thinking about that for, you know, like, hey, you could throw that bad boy right in the middle of downtown <laughs> and just the walkthrough traffic alone yeah. of like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, let's go to the casino. OK. Yeah. Well, that's the argument for a casino being downtown. And that's why I think ultimately it'll go into a centrally located uh, part, mm-hmm. uh, you know, building uh, either now the McCormick Place is another one where there's a, our people say we should put a McCormick Just Place. Put it in the old, uh, the the old, old McCormick, McCormick Place, place instead yeah. of tearing it down. Yeah. Instead of spending the money to tear it down, why don't we just refurbish it? Just throw it in there. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense too. But again, uh, Wazadi was pretty convincing in this article that yeah. was in the Sun Times that doesn't really do any good for a neighborhood that really could use a shot in the arm. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, you're correct there's jobs to be created that created the one-time jobs of building the thing. And then there's the jobs within the casino mm-hmm. of the people who, who you know, run the, the tables, etc. but it doesn't have adjoining a spark yeah, exactly. for adjoining. So I don't know, you uh, know, why, what the purpose of using it as a economic development stimulus, if there's no stimulus of economic development. But now what's your thoughts on uh, SB 777 and the dedicated revenue for the pensions? Right? I was going to ask you that I had, a, we had Jason Grotto on about, 
about uh, we haven't aired it yet. Uh, no, it, it aired this Saturday. What am I saying? Uh, Jason Grotto is a ProPublica reporter who uh, has taken the deep dive on the gambling uh, issues and, and the gaming bill that just was passed uh, in, mm-hmm. in the Springfield, which is why we can have a casino uh, in the city of Chicago. But I was... Uh, I was not aware of that specific technicality. So go into that a little more. Uh, he was talking about how we're already starting to borrow against the gambling revenues and that money hasn't even come in. The state of Illinois will be using mm-hmm. the, the potential uh, gaming revenues to borrow yeah. against. So they can tell people, all right, uh, well, we can pay you back with the revenues that we've got, which we haven't received yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, But talk up a little bit about dedicating the money to pension funds. Exactly uh, what's, what's that means. So uh, there was a previous bill... So five years previous, so 10 years, actually, yeah, five years, five years, 10 years, um, where they were going to ramp up the funding to the police and fire uh, pension funds. And in five years, at the end of this five-year ramp, where they're paying more and more and more, they were going to pay them what they, uh, what's called actuarial required contributions or actuarial determined contributions. And then five years came, and I got to say, this was, yeah, still in their daily, actually. Um, five years came, and, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to raise the revenue for it. And so part of the deal was, okay, you're, you're on a five-year ramp, and then we're going to give you the, what you should get paid. How about this? We extend the ramp another five years, but in, you know, for consideration of you know, kind of easing this pain. I remember this, yeah. We'll give you the, re- the revenue from a Chicago casino if it ever happens. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah, get it. Yeah. But here, sign <laughs> off on this. And, you know, at the time it was one of those pipe dreams, but for whatever reason, it was always floated out there. Yeah. And FOP and Local 2 went, you know what? Sure. Local 2 being the firefighters. Firefighters yeah. and, uh, sure, we will take the revenue. We will gladly take the revenue from a casino. And it was always one of those things floated out there. Ha ha, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Just got killed downstate. And then finally, it got traction. And now you have firemen and policemen unions going, <laughs> page 37 of the bill right here. Um, just remember, boys, that's Wait, our money. So time out. Help me out on this one. Uh, Jeff Johnson, pension expert. Uh, so you're saying this is a previous bill mm-hmm. that still applies to the, the gambling bill. It's not specifically written in the new gambling bill. But no. The old bill The still old applies. pension bills, SB 777, is the bill. And in it, it says a Chicago, any revenue generated from a, uh, for, uh, towards the city of Chicago is uh, dedicated towards uh, police and fire pension funds. Wow. Now, so any revenue... Well, you get into a question, right? And like the one question that I, they haven't even really gotten into yet was a city-owned casino gets 100%, right? Or well, basically the state gets X amount, the city gets X amount. But when you go through a private contractor yeah. to manage it, yes. well, that's 30% of the revenue taken off the uh, taken off the books right now. And I know they're kind of looking at like how that plays into things. But still, yeah, the city cut of the revenue... Is supposed All goes. To. Wait, so my understanding is a third, a third, a third. Third, a third, a third. So, so a third. You look at uh, the biggest or the latest numbers I have for Rivers was something like $420 million. And that was two years ago. What, what do you mean? What's the 420 uh, annual take? Yeah. The annual take was $420 million because of people like me and you losing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suckers losing, um, man. And so if you break it up that way, as far as a third, a third, a third, you're still looking at 150 or, you know, God, less than that, 125 or yeah. so. Yeah. And what that will do was it'll, 
you know, there are, this is the year that the city owes 289 million to police and fire pension funds. Cause How they're much? 289. Okay. They're at year five of their ramp where the ramp, they were paying a little more, a little more, a little more. And it like, it was, you know, basically if you're paying a credit card and like, Oh, we're just going to give you a little more. Yeah. And in year six, I'll, I'll, I'll start to pay off the debt finally. And this is their year six coming up in this budget for next year. So they owe 289 million and the numbers are roughly, I think it's like 180 for police and 110 for uh, fire, so something like that, but it's, it's broken up that way. And so when they start uh, having to pay that, that's what it's in the state law SB 777 that says you have to pay this money and they're going to find the revenue for it because, you know, they, I think they, they have to by bill. And that, the fear has always been, will the city go down to Springfield and change the bill? I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you some of like the, the cynical people go, I've, <laughs> I've never seen a bill that's worth more than toilet paper. Right. As far as what you write it on, you can go down there and change it, which is true. Absolutely true. And I think I just, you know, here's me just trying to be the like the, the dreamer of the group okay dreamer yeah, dreamer um <laughs> that there's enough attention on pensions yeah nowadays that if you went down to springfield and said you know what we're gonna kick that can out or five or police and fire 10 years into their ramp payments mm-hmm. let's kick it out for another five and just kill kind of slightly uh, you know um the uh, investment groups would kick the city in the teeth yeah. on this. Your Moody's, your S&P, your Fitches. Now, there's there, there's enough of kicking the can, kicking the can. We have to, you have to address this issue. Um, and then once, once the fight, once the casino bill comes online finally, mm-hmm. and you can take some of that revenue, 150, 200 million dollars, whatever it is, to play, to pay towards police and fire, it's going to free up revenue for the Muni fund, for Labor's fund, for the other funds, as far as, you know. The property tax dollars. Yes. That's the revenue you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. It frees up the property taxes. Yeah. Because for how long, there was no such thing as new revenue. Yeah. You had to just play with what you had. So now you have new revenue coming online with marijuana, with uh, sports books, with uh, Wait, that's casino. Kind of, so just so I know this, understand this, uh, sports books money is not dedicated to the pensions. No. Just no. the casino. Just the casino. One casino. The, the city-owned city casino. Know, yes, a city owned. Well, you might start getting gonna, the yeah. lawyers are going to get uh, the lawyers this, might get into this, but yeah, city owned. It has to be city owned. Don't, don't quote me. I haven't looked at the language around, but a, a city casino, a city casino. We'll, we'll just stick with city casino because though. see, here's the situation, and you know this, Jeff Johnson. Uh, it's not just cynical, jaded old me. Once money comes available. Politicians want to find spend other it ways because yeah. you have immediate obligations mm-hmm. that you have to pay just to keep things going. You got to repay the streets or you got to pay the budget. You got to yeah. pay the police. Yeah. Da, da, da. The pension thing is like, that is so easy to kick it down the road. Just keep, yeah. And, and uh, so the temptation to use, we don't even have the casino yet. Exactly, right? you know yeah, we're I mean? arguing over we're arguing, it. You know, we don't even have the casino yet, but the temptation to use them, but they could borrow, the borrow you watch, they're gonna borrow against it. That's what Grotto was telling me, that there's potential that you anticipate the money that's coming in, yeah. and you tell the borrowers, we'll pay you back with the- Well, that or you could shell game it in your budget. Yeah, we're gonna get three hundred million dollars, so we could just take that off the budget. Here you go, and you know whatever. And then you know, at the end of the year, where's the money? Oh yeah, by the way, we didn't get it. Um, yeah. But I, I just, yeah, I think we've come to a tipping point on pensions, where 
for years and years and years, they were able to kick the can. Yeah. But we're at this tipping point now. There's so much attention. You know, 20 years ago, if you walked, uh, you, you know, you asked your average citizen, like, hey, are pensions a problem? They'd be like, for who? For what? Huh? But nowadays, your average citizen, are pensions a problem? Oh, yeah, they're, they're a problem. We need, we need to fix it. And so any, well, I say fix it, but, you know, the, the general public has a, a wide ranging view. But any type of kicking the can on pensions nowadays, mm-hmm. I think will get a lot of resistance. Yeah. From unions, from politicians even nowadays. And like you said, it's in their nature. New money. Like I said, they've never had new money for yeah. how long? And like, Whoa, what can we what can we spend it on? I'm up for re-election and what can we give? Um, that, you know, it's the, the bills come and due on things and we got to pay, we got to pay the bill. And I think that's where you're going to find that, you know, enough people keeping attention on it will force them. Well, uh, we're talking about uh, if, if your math holds, so 425 million is what that casino and displays. Displays. It was two years ago. Two years ago. So let's say it's 450. Let's say it's 150. Just back of envelope math. Yeah. Uh, Although again, this casino would be competing with, uh, Hammond and competing with displaying. So I think that I think there's a niche, especially closer to downtown. Well, that's why there's I'm a saying, niche. I'm if it. you really want to maximize the amount of money yeah. a casino gets, then I would put it downtown uh, or McCormick Place where the conventioneers mm-hmm. are coming and get them to throw their money away. And you can go to Winchrust and see a Garth Brooks concert or your, see a concert and go to the casino and you know go to downtown. You know they got the the uh, Bat Cave that was dedicated for. You know, uh, McCormick Place, we're right there off the uh, train tracks that runs from McCormick Place all the way to Randolph Street on its own underground, basically, yeah. Uh, road. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if that uh, the neighborhood revolts again, because that's a growing uh, residential area. And, uh, well, exactly. You, you don't you, know you, if it's going to revolt against you, having a casino. In and you got the one, uh, what's it, the uh, one uh, town uh, right off of by Soldier Field there, uh, that, the pro- that oh, mega oh project. Oh, boy, he's trying to put in there. Right in the middle, uh, yeah. right there. So, you know, you got that whole dynamic. There we go. There's where the casino... Put it over the train tracks. Put it over the train tracks, okay? <laughs> we just committed. I don't know if you saw this. I forget how many, uh, how much money the state uh, has targeted for that potential development, uh, which, by the way, there will be so much local opposition. Follow me on this one, uh, because follow me on this one. You, right now, if you live in a, an apartment, that is okay. We're talking about area. Just back up. Of course, we're in a tangent within a tangent with Jeff Johnson here. You have Soldier Field, you have uh, Lakeshore Drive, you have the train tracks, and then you have a lot of residences. Okay, the proposal is to build a skyscraper community over the train tracks just west of Soldier Field. Okay, mm-hmm. and the deal would be in order to build the skyscraper uh, community, you have to have a foundation it rests on. Mm-hmm. And so the developer, no dummy, said, "I oh, know what I do." We, we we need a transit terminal. That's you didn't know you needed one. You need a transit terminal. So we, we paid. We've already earmarked the money to build a transit terminal, which would be the platform that he builds a skyscraper on. If you know uh, high rise living and uh, like the way I've seen it, anybody whose view is suddenly blocked by that skyscraper will be going to his or her alderman bellowing. But Ben, hear me out on this. And I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority. I live. God, I live uh, two blocks from here 
in the West Loop. Yeah. There's a crane, there's every other block, they're building something new. Yeah. I'm not exactly a defender of, wait, I bought here, you can't build over there, right? This is the view I bought. Like, yeah. you kind of buy with that, unless you own the air rights. You know, who the hell owns air rights nowadays, other than certain people? Um, but yeah, you're not, <laughs> you're not yeah. guaranteed that view Absolutely. forever. You know, the city changes. So that, that argument of like, well, I had a nice view of the lake. Too bad. Buy in the new building. J J Listen, you're preaching to the choir in this one. I've, years ago, when, when you were still in grammar school, I would be writing uh, NIMBY articles, okay? <laughs> one after a number, where people would be upset about yeah. a development deal. Yeah. And I stopped writing them at some point uh, because I was like, I had the, you know what, guys? You didn't complain when they paid over paradise to, exactly. to give you your thing. Your building. Yeah, yeah, your building. Now you're complaining. And so my attitude is sort of like, you know, that's the law of the jungle, so to speak. Exactly. And, yeah, Moving to the new building. But I'm not the local alderman. That's who's true. Who's feeling, Pasta, getting the yeah, heat yeah. and dealing with the calls. And so if it comes down to a vote in the city council, Jeff Johnson, in my humble opinion, uh, you will see automatic prerogative go out the window on this deal. In other words, if it comes down to an issue where the local alderman says, I'm going to stand with my people against this high rise, and I'm going to say vote against it, the mayor will twist the arm of the other alderman if, if the mayor thinks that it's worth her while. Well, it provides, well, then it provides the local alderman with political cover to say, hey, I was against this. They can push it over my head and it's a win-win because, uh, you know, if, you know, the residents, they're angry in a couple of years, aren't going to remember that about the, the mayor. You know, you remember your local alderman yeah. that, that screwed you over on a development. And guess what? There'll be a whole new community of people there mm -hmm. who do huh? like the yeah. fact that they're there. Exactly. And on the next, uh, when they redo the map, they'll take all the angry people yeah, out. Yeah, I just put chisel them out. There you go. Hey, baby. That's called Chicago politics. Yep. We got Jeff Johnson in the studio. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind, but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. Today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by Green Element Resale. It's located at 6241 North Broadway in Chicago. And people, it is amazing. Furniture, appliances, lamps, books, clothes, electronics. 
It is a thrift shop, but it's the only thrift shop in Chicago that helps bring you the Ben Jarofsky show. So if you are ever on Broadway between Granville and Devon, stop in, maybe buy some stuff and tell them thank you. And go check out Green Element Resale, 6241 North Broadway, and find more information at Green, G-R-E-E-N, Element, E-L-E. Trying to help out those who can't spell today. E-L-E-M-E-N-T, Resale, R-E-S-A-L dot com. It's Green Element Resale. Go and save tons of money. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, Jeff Johnson in the studio with me, a fellow political junkie and guru, taking the deep dive in pension issues. I, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about SB 777. Maybe a one time I knew it and I forgot it. There's only so much stuff uh, I could put in my brain, Jeff Johnson, and remember. But SB 777, SB means Senate Bill 777. Right. And it dedicates the money that comes out of a Chicago pension to pay off the police or and fire. Chicago fire, Casino. Uh, what did I say? Yeah, because Chicago casino for i think that's a great idea i think that if we have these obligations these fiscal obligations uh that we have to pay by law no more messing around no more kicking the can down the road no more uh hoping that the supreme court will rule that you can cut cut pensions like a certain mayor rom did and do talk about betting on a losing horse uh no more of that baloney dedicate the money Pay your obligations. These cops and firefighters, they put in their time. They did their job. I'm a total believer in pensions. I wish everybody had a pension. Wish I had a pension. And uh, I think that uh, that's, I didn't know about this SB 777 until you just told me. I probably did and forgot it. Yeah, uh, it was news for a while when it when they passed it. Because it, it was, some like I said, some people were angry that they were extending like the ramp and kicking the can type thing. But the the you know, consolation was well, you get your uh, casino. All right. Uh, before we t- uh, take go further in this, do you got an update for me? Absolutely. Two updates here. One national, one local. We'll begin with the local news here. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle. The beef continues. Oh, <laughs> I saw this in the bright one. Yeah, the go following on. comes with the Chicago Sun Times <laughs> and the one and only Fran the Woe Man Spielman using sarcasm followed by an argument fit for a prosecutor. Mayor Lori Lightfoot fired back at Tony Preckwinkle Thursday for the vanquished mayoral challenger's attempt to exonerate county bail reform as a quote root cause for gun violence. The sarcasm came when Lightfoot referred to what she called the nice letter she had received from Preckwinkle about the issue. Clearly, the mayor believed otherwise and could not contain her anger about Preckwinkle's very public attempt to discredit the crime-fighting argument made by Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson and the mayor as well. Uh, we have a quote here. It says, it's July, not March. The election's over, and we had a result, said Lightfoot, referring to her 74% landslide over Preckwinkle in the April 2nd runoff. That saw Lightfoot sweep all 50 wards. The quote continues, we're going to continue to take the high road and move forward, but there are legitimate issues that have been raised and the superintendent i think is right to raise them all right now this uh this is an interesting dispute between tony perkwinkle the uh uh 
uh, president of the Cook County Board and um, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of the city of Chicago. And this all began last week, I want to say, when Eddie Johnson and Lori Lightfoot had a press conference, Eddie Johnson, the police superintendent, and they were talking about violence in the streets of Chicago. And Eddie Johnson said the problem are judges uh, that let people just go back on the street without holding them, even though uh, they have prior arrests. And so he's just the same people are doing the same shooting. Well, uh, it's more of, I think the, they were pointing out uh, Tim Evans and Miss um, Fox. I think that Kim was Fox. The, Kim Fox was the attack uh, more so. Then there was also the issue of of judges letting people out on Mm -hmm. bail, continually letting them out on bail and uh, not holding them accountable. Uh, And so that was putting the onus on the Cook County and the judges. So Tony Preckwinkle, who's the head of Cook County, fires back by saying, well, hold it, guys. Uh, Studies show that people who commit uh, the crimes are just like the number of people who've returnees re, uh, out of bond are very small segment of the people who commit the crime. So don't blame us. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that you don't have enough detectives to clear cases. So she kicked the ball yeah. right back to the city. And so Lau Lori Lightfoot is going to pretend as though she's, <laughs> I am not going to dignify that with the exactly. response. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, politics, Jeff Johnson, it's, politics and the you know what the reality is d nobody knows how uh we talked about this the other day we um when we were uh, talking about crime in the city of chicago uh with the south side political know-it-alls since i've been reading and thinking and living in the in the chicago area there have been murders in this city this is a violent city and nobody has figured out a way to, to like bring down the violence it's been going on jeff johnson forever Mm -hmm. and so now we have politicians feuding over which one is responsible and which one should be blamed more than the other it really has nothing to do with all the root causes all the problems here. well yeah like and i find it interesting like with the root causes of it right there's the theory that once they started doing rico cases and going after larry hoover jeff fort those guys and you know the thinking being that you take the head off the snake the snake dies well, you know, Chicago gangs weren't like the old mafia. What they did was, and where we're at kind of now, is there's not really no structure in these gangs. And, you know, uh, gangster disciples that used to be on 67th to 68th who wanted to fight because there, there was a hierarchy there and a structure um, now are fighting each other. Because there is no structure, mm-hmm. so you got 67th Street uh, GDs fighting with 68th Street GDs, and uh, they all the gangs are infighting each other, and it's all about you know they've gone from the hierarchy structures of you know if you were this gang you'd talk to this gang or whatnot. Nowadays it's all about money, and you know each corner each corner, right? So like the root cause of it, or like the, I say the root cause, but the, the, the cause of it, it kind of can be identified somewhat, um, and then you get into issues with jobs and education, and you know and so then so you have that whole little like hot mm-hmm. and then you get into a point of where you know, when you start arresting them how do you treat them in the judicial system yeah and you know there's that tight that tight rope to walk as far as um the small crimes that end up you know for stupid stuff that you end up harming somebody for life yep versus the serious crimes of well what's considered serious Absolutely. and that's where you're going you're this tightrope of how do you handle it yeah and uh but i can guarantee you right now this uh the spat between uh tony perkin and Lori lightfoot really is not addressing it's it's more like protecting interest protecting mm-hmm. political turf that kind of thing uh and just trying to shift blame it's interesting Lori lightfoot uh, was speaking more like Tony Preckwinkle yeah. when she was running for mayor. Now that she's mayor uh, and it's on her watch, she's 
Sound yeah. like a little like a little like Rahm Emanuel there uh, in her view of the world. And we have more blowback from the Donald Trump rally last night in North Carolina. We'll play that before the end of the show. All right, very good. We're going to do a little presidential talk with Jeff Johnson. He's a political uh, junkie. He's been following the the election. You haven't been on the show since the debates, have you? I can't remember. No. no. Uh, yeah. So we haven't. I haven't asked you about the debate. Did uh, Did you watch the debate? Yes. Okay. Good. Some of my guests come on this show and they're like, oh, "Ben, I'm too good to watch the debates." Oh, really? Like, yeah, man. Uh, come okay, on. Come on. Watch the debate. Yeah. Which guess was that an impression of? <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> Several guests on the Ben Jarofsky uh, show. How, how does he impersonate me when I'm not here? <laughs> oh, my God. You should yeah. see it. He does the impersonation <laughs> of you. I do have a good he Jeff Johnson impersonation. He does an unbelievable Jeff Johnson. Uh, my imp- impersonation of you is my imitation of him imitating, imitating you. Okay. Uh, which is like my imitation of Donald Trump is essentially Dr. D imitating Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't uh, say anything bad, though. What? It's just an imitation. Yeah. Nothing yeah, bad. Yeah. Nothing bad. The only imitation I do that's well, people tell me is Bill Clinton. Um, so anyway, all right, we're going back uh, to the casinos. The casinos, uh, if it comes to the city of Chicago, uh, will raise uh, money specifically for fire and police pensions. What as, about, as of today. As of, <laughs> yes. As of today, because I wouldn't be surprised if right now there's a bill afoot to yeah, uh, exactly. amend that. But uh, we were saying off mic, we might as well say it on mic. The, the the police union and the firefighters union will raise holy hell. Oh yeah, and that's what I mean. I, that's why I'm fairly confident that it you can't unwrite that. You can try, but they will raise a lot of heck about that as far as trying to take the money away from them because you know they tell their members. I've heard them say, you know, hey, we got the casino guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's going to fund your pensions. All right. So what about the people who don't have the casinos? And there's a lot of them out there. Uh, municipal fund, labor's fund. Um, we are two or two, three years into the, our ramp where uh, water and sewer tax is going towards the municipal fund. And the 911 tax increase is freeing up money for the laborers fund. And so 2023 is the big number for us when it comes year 2023. And that is what you're starting to see some attention on. Like, oh, yeah. You know, you can fund the pensions now, but what are you going to do in 2023? And that's where the conversation kind of at now. As now, far what as is 20? What's the significance of 2023? Uh, like I said, uh, police and fire had a five year ramp. Then he kicked the can five more years where you're just paying a static dollar amount. Like, all right, I'll give you 100 million this year. I'll give you 200 next. I'll give you 300 next. I'll give you 400, then 500. And I'm just picking random numbers that are a little higher. Yeah. Um, but year six. Uh, then we'll go to the actual uh, required contribution. So instead of what, what, you know, per se 500 million, like one, two, three, four, five, well, then you're going to jump to 900 million. So you're going to have, <laughs> right, right. Oh well, in 2023, the, well, the exact numbers yeah. uh, with the, the, our, the ramp numbers are a little off than what I'm quoting, but the numbers right now in 2023 for Muni, the municipal pension fund and the labor's pension fund are $389 million. A, a contribution that will have to be made in that one year, or, or is that more? An increase. Increase. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, water and sewer taxes are increasing for five straight I years. I got gotcha. you. The 911 tax is increasing for five straight years. It's year six that all those increases, okay, they max out, they stop, and then you're going to have to find an additional close to $400 million. I got you. And so uh, what's your bet? Will, will they increase water and sewer tax more to, to uh, make? I think it's going to be a hodgepodge of things. You know, there's really, you don't have a, there's no $400 million chip sitting in the uh, toolbox. So 2023 would be an uh, election year. Yes, I know. 
That's funny how that plays out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think that there was a coincidence that Rom uh, Rom's administration had it where 2023, where you, the big chick came, if ran for re-election, would have been right at the end of that yeah. one? And there are no coincidences with yeah. Rahm Emanuel. And uh, I, you, you said something earlier: a tipping point of pensions. Yes. Uh, people are aware of them. Uh, I, I have this the pension issue really emerged in a, a, a strong way, uh, Jeff Johnson, it's probably a little bit before your time. Mayor Daley yeah, the, was pushing for the Olympics to come to the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the city of Chicago was essentially writing a blank check for the Olympics. Yeah. The city council gave approval to spend whatever money it, the Olympics would require. And remember, unlike countries that were uh that were applying for the olympics the city of chicago was the sole uh it would we didn't have the country paying mm-hmm. for the Olympics. it was the city of chicago was going to pay for it the country was going to kick in for securities i recall but the the, the stadiums that we'd be building most of the money expenditures are going to come from the taxpayers of the city of chicago no. so in order to get everybody to sign on to that deal they couldn't talk about something like pension obligations mm-hmm. You had to pretend like pension obligations didn't exist. This is before your time. I don't think you were involved. No, I was very, that was right around the time when I started getting involved in things. And what's funny now is, you know, you you talked about it previously, but we got out corrupted on that deal. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, go for it, Brazil. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Out corrupt Chicago. Chicago. (laughs) Paid off somebody. I know that that story is emerging right now that people were paid off. And I'm like, yeah, good job, man. A little corruption all. helps but anyway so when we were trying to get the olympics and pretend as though we could afford that massive amount of money nobody talked about a pension obligation well see and that's what you you get into sometimes with uh, some of these issues with pensions is that you know like the olympic uh bid would have put a ton of people to work from private sector unions it would have created jobs for years years building it and then some of the demolition years after. So you had an, uh, a way there to create jobs, create revenue, create, you know, um, you know, middle class, you know, uh, just uh, better it, you know, up, up numbers. But from the public side of things, it took away, it was taken away resources that way. And that's where it's always that divide of, you know, not always, but there's that public sector, private sector, where you got to walk that fine line of trying to do what's good for both your members, mm-hmm. whether private or public. And, you know, most unions do it really well as far as like, okay, you know, we understand this issue, we understand this angle, and then, okay, we got our public pensions on this side. Mm-hmm. So it's a it, it's a tight uh, tight rope you have to yeah. walk. You know, I know that's the union side, but what I'm talking about is civic Chicago oh, and yeah, the civic leaders. Yeah. We're not talking about needing no, money for pension yeah. when we were signing off a blank check for the Olympics. As soon as we didn't get the Olympics, all of a sudden the same people were supporting Mayor Daly's uh, yeah. Olympic driver saying, oh, what, what? We have these pension obligations. We have to cut. We can't afford them. What we, year was that? Well, uh, the, the day we lost, we lost the Olympics in 2009. We finished fifth out of five. Okay. okay? Yeah. And by about 2010, suddenly I was reading articles. It was yeah. Funny how that happens. The same people who were cheering on daily to mm-hmm. sign off the check were the ones suddenly saying, we can't afford our pensions. We and, can't afford our pensions. And that was kind of, now looking at it, that is kind of like it coincides when when the property uh the real estate bubble burst and the tech bubble started bursting so the pensions were somewhat okay funded 
and 0809 is when they had the, the market crash and uh, both bubbles burst at the mm-hmm. same time. And so that's when you started to see the pension decline of the funding numbers. Mm-hmm. So it probably started getting a little more attention, but they were still well-funded at that time. So it's one of those where when you're a long-term investor, it takes a little bit for it to really go, oh, wait, this is really hurting us. Now, another thing you've talked about and you've explained, we've been on this show before, is that not all pensioners are going to receive the same pension. It all depends on when you started a how job. Long you yeah, how long you yeah, were. Yeah, we got began. the tier two, tier threes. And one of my, uh, just, you know, if you're a tier three and you're hired, uh, say today, and start working for the city of Chicago, you pay 93% of your pension for your life. So uh, you work until you're 65 years old and you're paying 11.5% right now. You're going to pay 93% of your entire pension benefit yourself. It's, you're saving money hiring city workers yeah. uh, doing that. Um, now there's some issues with tier two, tier three, whether or not it's legal because it violates the safe Harbor act or people say it violates the safe Harbor act where you pay more for a benefit. Like social security is built on, you pay 6.5 and then you get a benefit based off of that 6.5 for your, for your life. Mm-hmm. The pensions, the way they did it, well, you're going to pay 11 and a half percent and, uh, retired 65. Well, you're paying 6.5 and retiring 65 with social security. Um, so there's some issues there on how that plays out. Do you think there's going to be a chance that they're going to create another tier? Uh, you have some states that are on I swear, literally tier six yeah, already. Yeah. And, you know, the thinking is if you take a job and this, hey, here, Ben, here's your benefits. Yeah. You want the job or not? Yeah. And that's why the, the the defense is that, well, once you take the job knowing what your benefits are, you can't cut them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, and it's hard to tell these kids like, hey, you know, yeah. And I, I always say, I, I go around some of the job sites and there's always the kid that raises his hand. All right. Hey, the guys are telling me I'm in a different pension fund. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, I know right where he's going. I'm like, no, you're not in a different pension fund. You're just in a different tier because yes. you started after yeah. a certain time. <laughs> and you know, but yeah. when you're younger, I say for the first 15, 20 years, when you're mostly at a city job, you're not thinking about your pension. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you're hearing the old guys talk about it and just ignoring them. So yeah, no people, don't start thinking about uh, getting old uh, until they're like 40 at least. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kids then, are getting older. You got a house. Uh, and, and What yeah. am I going to do when I retire? Uh, we were just talking about this yesterday with Leah. Uh, the um, Aziz Asari uh, has a, uh, a comic. Uh, he's on Netflix. He's a comedian and he has stand up and he's approaching 40. And um, in his... Uh, routine. He's talking about his grand grandparents who have Alzheimer's and stuff. And I can tell that it's the first time it, that it crossed he's his thinking mind. About, yeah. I'm I, getting old. I'll be old. Yeah, yeah, I'll be exactly. old too. And yeah. it's, uh, it's very moving actually a great bit. Uh, Jeff Johnson's my guest. We're going to take a break, come back do a little presidential talk. We'll be right back. Today's Ben Jaromsky show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Get to know your city on one of Chicago Architecture Center's 65 walking tours. Hear the unforgettable secrets and stories behind Chicago architecture from our expert docents. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a tour right now. Oh, wow. Look at that building. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL dash resident. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. 
arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Our friends at the Chicago Sun-Times are offering you, yes, you, our listeners, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories that you love. Unlock every feature, video, and podcast, just like the Ben Jarofsky Show, by signing up now for a digital subscription. For a limited time only, you can test out digital access for only $1. Whoa, that's crazy. Seriously, $1. Four quarters. There's no reason to not give it a shot. Stay up to date on breaking stories. Get the deep dives and investigations from Sun-Times reporters. Cheer for the big games with the best sports team in the city. And go deep inside City Hall with best in-class political reporting. One dollar. I repeat, one dollar for your first month. Jeff Johnson found something on the ground. What's that? Let me see. Oh, it's a pill. Hmm. Yeah, I had a root canal the other day. I probably dropped a pill. One dollar for your first month, people. You cannot do better on that. Jeff Johnson, quit looking on the floor. Probably all kinds of stuff down there we don't want to talk about on the air. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky. Take us home. Yes, indeed. That super cool music means the end of another super cool show, but it's not done yet. Got Jeff Johnson in the studio. Not only is he a guru about pensions, not only does he know absolutely everything about politics, Uh not only could he tell you the names of all 50 aldermen in the city council right now and the people they replaced. Not only can he do all that, D, not only did he graduate from Lane Tech High School, but he plays a mean piano, all right? That's right, baby. (laughs) That's Jeff Johnson. Tip your waiter. Uh, and uh, we'll take a little talk a little presidential politics. But before we do that, two things. One, you have an update for us, young man. Absolutely, I do. More blowback from the Trump rally yesterday in North Carolina. I know we don't. It's gross, but we got to talk about it. All right. Uh, first up, we have Marco Rubio. Remember that guy? Hey, Marco Rubio. Yeah. Yeah, senator from Florida. Senator from Florida. Former 2016 presidential candidate. Uh, I have audio, but I'm just going to read it. All right. We don't waste our time with the audio with this guy. Marco Rubio puts uh, uh, the tweet was wrong. And the chant talking about Donald Trump's tweet from a few days back. The tweet was wrong. And the chant last night, grotesque. That chant being, send send her back uh, from the Trump rally last night. He says the left-wing politicians and many in the media demanding outrage are self-righteous hypocrites. And the outrage and response cycle allows for only two sides and demand you pick or else. It's a stupid game that I refuse Wait, to play. Is that, that's the one. He, the, the beginning of the quote is contradicted by the end, the end of the quote. Yeah. Just if you think it's grotesque, if you think it's horrendous, if you think it's despicable, say it. Don't feel then compelled to back off by blasting Omar. Just say, you know what, guys? It's a despicable thing to do to say send her back. Period. End of sentence. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's cov- yeah. that old cover thing. Exactly. Just like we're talking about Preckwinkle cover for Preckwinkle, yeah. then Lori Lightfoot covering for Lightfoot. Anyway, come on, Mark. Show some. 
Hey, oh my now, watch, watch it, buddy. <laughs> the guests can curse, you can't. No, I know. I never curse. <laughs> I never curse on this show. All right, and finally here, Donald Trump, uh, he weighed in on um, the speech. I got to find the audio. So uh, before we get out of here, right, I'll make sure good. to interrupt you guys uh, and do that. All right. Uh, now we have a segment of the show we do uh, from time to time. Ooh. I want to do it every day. Uh, some days are better than others. And uh, Leah, this Leah segment, don't you have an introduction for that, Dave? Absolutely. It's great every day. Uh, it's the, our editor, Leah. She uh, she does such a good job for us here. We decided to give her our own little segment. It is a segment that we like to call <laughs> Leah's Last Word. Ooh. All right. It's generally a question that Leah poses to our guest. Leah, take uh, it away. I'm nervous now. Yeah. Yeah, you should be, buddy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just, well, you're about to talk about the Democratic candidates. Yeah. I was wondering which presidential candidate has demonstrated the greatest support of unions. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, pretty close. I mean, uh, they've been one of the most adamant uh, uh, backers of unions uh, out there fighting, you know, walking rallies, holding signs. And, you know, they have a long history of uh, helping out uh, unions and backing them. So I, I, I close tie between Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. So does one of them have your vote probably in the future? Yeah, I'd probably say that they, if they uh, rise to the top. I mean, right now, how many are there? 20, There's 25, five. but only 20 get to be in the debate. Exactly. Only 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you run the risk of being too many people and it crowds out the you know the the winner per se, and then you end up with somebody else that uh, you know, doesn't necessarily match up well against Trump and they get killed in the uh, general election. Uh, I would bet if I had, a, I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm going to go to Vegas on you here. Well, you can just Johnson. wait a while and go to Chicago. Uh, yeah, mm, I can wait a long while. And then my the, my losings will go to the uh, police and the firefighters, and I'm happy to support those pensions, <laughs> all right? Be- Me and you go to the casino. Uh, all right. I would bet that in 2016, young Jeff Johnson was a Bernie bro. Am I right? Did you uh, I did. I did like him. Yeah, I went to an event with uh, Alderman Sue Garza down in her ward where Bernie showed up, and I had a beer with him. Oh, cool! Is that right? Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool, and like just having a beer with Bernie Sanders and talking to him and everything. And yeah, this was right after Sue got elected, so a year twenty fifteen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was a good time, and yeah, I got to talk to him. So yeah, and yeah. So. Do you have your Bernie Sanders imitation you want to do? right No, now? I do not. Actually, I I suck at the imitations. Twenty seven dollars. That's me. Too. <laughs> okay, that's me. If you talk about me imitating Dennis, that's me imitating Dennis. Imitating Bernie Sanders. Take 10% of the other 10% and then you got 10% of the other 10%. It says 10% a lot. Uh, oh, I got two questions here. Uh, we had someone on the live stream chat weigh in here. ACA, what up, ACA? Uh, ACA was listening to you guys talk pensions. Uh, ACA asks, tier one and two funded how much? Uh, tier ones, uh, well, tier ones pay 8.5%, and their benefits cost, the normal cost is roughly 18%. So you're getting that benefit there. Tier twos are right around the 83% because they pay 8.5% of their pension. They pay 85 and they can retire at Wait, how about what is 80? What, when, when you say tier twos pay 83%, what of, does that mean? Uh, of the. 
of their entire benefit, how it plays out, yeah. where it, where they went from you're still paying eight and a half percent, but instead of you can retire at 33 years or whatever, and but now you have to work to your 65. So those additional 15 years you have to work and pay in. Uh, they calculate it for like what's your benefit worth. So um, the benefit, if the true cost of paying the normal cost, the benefit uh, for tier one, it's around 16 to 18 percent. Tier twos were that, which meaning you would have to pay for the benefit. I would have to pay 18 percent of my check, every check, to pay out what my benefit's worth. But we pay 8.5%. I see. So city ma- pays the rest. Yeah, city pays the rest. Ta- yeah, the taxpayers. And so on the flip side, you know, when you, when you work longer and pay more, you're paying more of your benefit. So tier twos pay roughly 87, 83% of their entire benefit. And because they're paying so much more, right. and tier threes are 93%. And, and the whole point of this was, uh, and I learned this from young Jeff Johnson, uh, so the youth of today can sometimes educate the older people. Oh. Uh, and I, Oh, we tried that in that music segment yeah, earlier. That was, that was, that was, that was kind of like a train wreck watching. <laughs> that, was yeah. so, that was pretty funny. But anyway, uh, so yes, they called it repension reform mm-hmm. and it occurred during Patrick Quinn's yeah. uh, administration. And it was an attempt to deal with pension obligations by uh, having a second, they call it a second tier, it's a second group yeah. of younger employees who will pay more of their, their contribution. And work longer. Work, work, work longer to get their benefit, and therefore taxpayers will have uh, less, less of, of an burden. obligation. Exactly. And right. that was an attempt to deal with the quote-unquote pension prices, crisis, which I will point out one more time, Jeff Johnson doesn't have to say it, I'll say it, did not exist in 2009 when we were trying to get the Olympics. Mm. Only existed when we woke up yeah. one day and discovered Brazil had out-corrupted us. Uh, our, <laughs> and and we do have the audio of uh, Donald Trump here. Uh, Bruce Bruce on the live stream chat said, no Trump sound bites in it. I guess he thought I wasn't going to do it. And he says, thanks, Dennis. Sorry, Bruce Bruce. We got to play it here. Donald Trump a few moments ago attempted to disavow the racist chanting that broke out at his rally last night in North uh, Carolina. Yeah, despite the fact that it kind of started from him. Here we go. Mr. President, if I may, when your supporters last night were chanting, chanting, send her back, why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you ask them to stop saying that? (laughs) Well, number one, I, I think I did. I started speaking very quick. It, it really was a loud, I disagree with it, by the way, but it was quite a chant, and uh, I felt a little bit badly about it, but I will say this, uh, I did, and I started speaking very quickly, but it started up rather, rather fast, as you probably noticed. So, so you'll tell your supporters never to well, say I, that Well, I would say or, that. I, that is- I was not happy with it. Uh, wow. I disagree with it, uh, but again, I didn't say... I didn't say that. They did. But I disagree with But they were echoing what you said in your first week, that they should go back. Well, I don't think if you examine it, I don't think you'll find that. But I disagree with it. Anybody (laughs) else? Why did they do it? Who's the reporter? That guy's got guts. He keeps pastoring him with the question. (laughs) Whoever that reporter is, give him a raise. Take it out of petty cash. I I am shocked that he answered it that way. I mean, that was almost presidential. Uh, Yeah. It's just... uh, that 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 is when people have been saying that Jeff Johnson for so long that Donald Trump would be unbeatable with this economy if he acted presidential. Mm-hmm. There are many. I would never vote for Donald Trump. Just my own personal opinions. We're two different political creatures with different ideologies and worldviews. But there is a presidential way 
that we expect from our elect yeah. our chief commander yeah. and you so you do not uh openly pick at the racial wounds and scars that we have in this country even baby bush who i didn't support would talk about healing mm-hmm. and you know the need to get along and having a, a tolerance etc and so forth donald trump just gives his middle finger to that you know and he just plows ahead so this as you point was his first attempt and by the way i i guarantee it'll be contradicted by some tweet something tomorrow. some tweet tomorrow yeah. so and but i i still think and i had an argument with my or not an argument but i had a debate with my brother yesterday he goes i guarantee you donald trump does not get reelected there's so many things that are just piling up piling up piling up i go no i go i think he keeps his base at the very least and then the ones that you know it's like what happened with the bruce Rauner election it's the you have your ones that are out that you know that are with them you have your ones that are adamant against them yeah. and it's that silent crowd that will never tell you that they voted for him but they agree with him on some of these issues and it's the change you know i want change you know we've we've had uh, joe biden for 30 50 yeah. years whatever so it's the quiet ones that aren't going to poll that aren't going to talk to you about it but they're the ones that have voted for him and they tilt the scale well that's the dennis theory uh and dennis's theory and i'm going to paraphrase it is that uh, people lie to the polls when it comes to donald john trump uh they, yeah. they're going to vote for him but they they're embarrassed and so they say no and so they can't really trust the polls. Mm, uh, I agree. Uh, I, I'm I'm going with your brother on this one. I I think There's Donald no Trump. Way, huh? I think Donald Trump will lose. I think. Uh, by the way, I've been known to uh, flap in the breeze on this one. Remember, it, it goes day to day. But at the moment, I think Donald Trump will lose. I do not believe this country uh, will um, elect a president who has supporters chanting "send her back." Well, you got to think uh, right now we're uh, basically more than halfway through 2019. Uh, this year, the markets should be fine. Uh, everybody's saying that through this year, beginning of next, there's not too many uh, rocky uh, uh, waters ahead. So you have a good economy going if the housing market is still kind of doing okay-ish, you know, na- nationwide. Um, and he doesn't really step on his toes uh, too much. He's keeping his base and, you know, and then a lot of it like goes back to the 25 candidates against him. You know, you, you have the potential of two of the good ones that could match up good with him nationally getting bounced out and then some knucklehead rises up and, and you know and, and you know the views and opinions of jeff johnson are not necessarily yeah. those of the venture options but no you know what i mean you can't beat somebody with nobody right yeah. and if there's not a good uh, opponent you know, Hillary was just the wrong opponent for Donald Trump. Yeah. If it were anybody, and I say anybody else, if it were somebody else, probably would have beat him. All right. Well, this is why I'm really looking forward to the next debate. Uh, and your homework assignment uh, will be to watch it because I'm really curious to see how Joe Biden will respond. Didn't do so well in that first debate. No. We'll see how he yeah. responds. In his career, he's always come back strong. Uh, I'll see how Kamala Harris performs she did very well in that first debate making a name for herself can she, can she continue to do that will elizabeth warren and bernie sanders you know push themselves on people yeah. forgetting them you talked about how unions how strongly yeah. pro-union they've been so we'll see how they project and the basic point is we have a long way to go oh, yeah. and uh, maybe someone that we're writing off as nobody will emerge as a somebody if that makes any sense uh anyway uh i am ben jarofsky that is jeff johnson uh he's our uh, pension expert and our fellow political junkie. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. 
Uh, I want to thank Lior Galil. Did a great job educating me about music uh, in the early part of the show. Remember that, D? I was learning a lot. Okay? Yeah, that was something. Yeah. That, that was rough to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Leah, great job as always. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend behind the board playing in pain with that root canal surgery he did fine. yesterday. Uh, the psilocybin pop, kicked in and he was pop, feeling pop, no pain. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you know what they call him back home? And all the, they call him White Lightning. You did a great job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. And remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, chicago.suntimes.com forward slash pages forward slash Jarofsky. It's a new one now. Used to be just Jarofsky. Uh, ChicagoReader.com and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. We're now on Spotify. Tell your friends and downloaders. We live stream this program Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and the YouTube page of the Chicago Sun-Times. See you tomorrow.